Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. It's all kinds of family, we chose this one. This is episode 182, The Fast and the Furious, Lap 9. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And this episode's brought to you by Jacob's Auto Sales, Inc. With oh. 25 years of experience, they've helped their community take home the heavy-duty trucks that they need to get the big jobs done. Shout out to jacobsautosales.net. Well, shout out to Jacob's Auto Sales. Welcome to Lap 9, the road to F9, unofficially, Joe, unofficially. the idea today, the Team Jacob Lap to cross-promote over to the High School Slumber Party Twilight Second Life that Joe is on. Yes. Also, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about Jacob later, but uh, the Team Jacob Lap, which we are not officially calling it, and I'm going to stop calling it, I might never refer to it again as that again, but I got it well, out there I'm twice. Team Jacob. Psych. That's the wrong team. That's firmly the wrong team. In both this movie and the, fr- and the Twilight movies. <laughs> Have you seen the Twilight movies? I've seen enough of them to know, and I've also listened to every episode of High School Slumber Party, so That's I know. True. Okay, okay. I know, but Joe, extracurricular activities, what have you been up to? You went somewhere and did a thing. I did. I did like my first thing since quarantine. I went home to Pittsburgh this weekend and went to the Penguins game on Sunday, which was sadly an overtime loss, but um, I know it was really cool. It was a really cool experience because they actually increased capacity from 25% to 50% between Sunday and Tuesday. It was the last, the first and last playoff game held at 25% capacity in Pittsburgh. Like when we were sitting there, I like looked around and like was like, I was with my dad, my sister and Rachel. And when we were sitting there, I was like, we will never ever be in a playoff game again that has this low attendance. Until the next pandemic. Until the next pandemic. Yes. Other fun story, while I was home, Rachel and I, we were going to go to the baseball game. We wanted to go to the pirate game, but then I fucked it up and didn't buy tickets, thinking that ticket prices were going to go down like a normal Pirates baseball game. But because there's limited capacity, right. it's very hard for that to happen. I was like watching tickets, and they finally went down to like 25 bucks a seed 15 minutes before the the pit, like the first pitch. And I was like, okay, like I'll just wait till the first pitch, and then I'll buy the tickets when they get to like lower than that. They didn't. They just sold out. We didn't go to the Pirates game, but we were coming home. Everything in my neighborhood in Pittsburgh was, like, like open. So they had, like, this bar with, like, a garage door open, and, like, we're both, you know, fully vaxxed now. I'm like, oh, cool, let's sit outside, like, or, like, in the garage door of this bar and watch some of the other game, like the Capitals-Bruins game. A bunch of my friends from home just walk into the bar. Oh. Yeah, just out of nowhere. Like, it, it's not a bar that we ever hung out at. It's not a neighborhood that we ever hung out in. And they just like walked into the bar and I was like, what the fuck happened? And so we just stayed there at the bar with them all night and had a good time and caught up. And Donza Kaduro played? And Donza Kaduro played. Yes, it did. It was just a wonderful time. It was cool. Like it was, it felt even more fun that like I didn't plan to see anyone and I just ran into a bunch of people I knew. So that was a blast. And it was like, you know, the first weekend of like, you know, stuff opening up. It was just all around a great weekend. And, um... We drove home, and we've just been chilling since, and the Penguins won last night, Tuesday night, so it's a new day and a new series, and I'm just happy to be watching a ton of hockey. That's what I'm going to do tonight, too. So, Well, you know that the Penguins, if they want to keep up this season-long appreciation of Too Fast, Too Forever, they need to win in five, because game six is a Wednesday, and so we can record the night before, if need be, but... 
we've we've joked on here before, I think, that like yes, all season. year long, literally this entire season, there have only been two games with a reschedule, and reschedule is a very loose term, but like move the recording to a night before. You know, last year, or maybe not last year, the last like full season or whatever, it was like seemingly like every other week it was like that's on a wednesday and we had yeah, to like figure yeah. things out but this year there was literally two out of how many games they played they, played, they didn't play the full 82 did they it's like 60 50, yeah 56 i think 58 so like two out of 56 or 58 we're on a wednesday yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it literally that's it and also like all those episodes that we did on a friday none of those overlapped either and i was doing like a couple episodes with Brian that were on Saturdays and there somehow wasn't ones on those Saturdays either. And like, we didn't like really move around the schedule too much for Brian. They blessed us all season. And so when I looked at the schedule, I saw that game six was on Wednesday. So they have to win three, four and five. Otherwise we have to slightly adjust things, but uh, good I luck to the pens. I think we'll they should. That would be a really good gift from them. I would be really excited if they just gentlemen sweep. That would be really nice. I'm excited. Since we last recorded a with Heather, we had a bonus episode on our Patreon. We did Ricky O, the story of Ricky, which, which was great and a fun episode. Awesome. And that's out now. On that episode, we found a movie called Burial Ground because we played the letterbox game for yes. Ricky O. And this guy liked Ricky O and RoboCop and uh Shogun assassin yes and then this other movie barrel ground and i was like i need to see this movie if these are the other movies this guy loves and they're all of a certain kind i'm gonna love barrel ground and i watched barrel ground and i really liked it but it's the kind of movie and i told you this i don't think you need to see it because i think there's crazy shit in there but i think for sort of more of a horror novice like someone who's not like really deep into it i don't know that you're gonna get as much out of it because it's just it's not the best movie it's just like oh god there's stuff in here that i've never seen before but it's not okay. on a level of ricky o where whether that's your first exploitation movie or your hundredth, it's like this is still awesome. Like Barrel Ground is great. I don't think it's need for you, but if you want to go out there, if you want to watch it, if you want to watch a cool Italian zombie movie, it's on Popcorn Flicks, some streaming service with ads, which is where I watched it. So cool. you know, or you can rent it for three or four bucks. So that's that. And we didn't talk about it enough, but like if you for some reason didn't listen to the Ricky O episode, go fucking watch it. Well, if you're not a Patreon movie. subscriber, yeah. if you're not on if you're not a patron, do that first. first but number yeah. two, watch Ricky O the story of Ricky because it's amazing it's yeah it's probably one of the coolest movies i've seen in years like it's fucking incredible it's so much fun then on sunday i watched uh your film club pick from the film club that we run online foxy brown oh you've never which i enjoyed no i'd never seen it before it gets real uh dark like she gets like like life throws her like lots of shit (laughs) yeah poor foxy but foxy in, in the end you know spoiler triumphs because of course she's going to because if she didn't be like what the fuck like what no you can't It'd be even worse, yeah. Then I watched the next Bond movie, The Man with the Golden Gun, which I enjoyed. I cool. uh, still like it more than the Connery movies. It's not great. It's not, you know, it's, but I still like the Roger Moore ones better than the Connery ones. And then last night I watched McCabe and Mrs. Miller, which is an Altman movie. It's kind of like Deadwood, sort of like that kind of era, like building a new town, gambling and prostitution and stuff like that. And it was good, but I like the other movies kind of better. Like I knew I had been sort of not putting this movie off, but I was like, I don't know that I'm in the mood for like an 1800s period piece like everything yeah. is depressing and smelly and whatever like one of those kind of movies and like it is <laughs> it's good i like this other stuff better so the next one of his i'm gonna watch is nashville i think which is a very long but very well regarded one so i have no idea what it was about really but uh, i think that'll be this weekend so i will report back next episode but the other important thing is that over the weekend i actually saw people which is also you know i didn't yeah. do i didn't go to a sports game but my friend Bob will be on this podcast very soon. I think next week, actually, talking about our Pit Stop movie. Cool. He and I recorded in person our first episode of How to Win the Lottery, which oh. comes out on Thursday, June 3rd, our podcast book club. That's if you want to learn cool. more, cageclub.me slash lottery. Um, it was great. 
and we had hung out with our friend Tom, who was also in the league. He actually won our fantasy baseball league last year, and we drove to a restaurant sort of near. So, okay, so taking a step back, do you know the type of sandwich called a Francesinha, F-R-A-N-C-E-S-I-N-H-A? No idea what that is. What is it? So it's a Portuguese sandwich that I found out because it was one of the Bing things of the day. Like, as you know, every day I do Bing, yes, 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 big yes, advocate yes, yes. of Bing. And one of the things was like, look at this amazing sandwich. And I'm like, oh, this looks and sounds amazing. It's described as basically just like a bunch of meat on a sandwich with a fried egg. And it's like, and like a delicious sauce. And I was like, okay, you, you had me at a bunch of meat. Um, like, that sounds good already. Yeah, exactly. Actually, I'm going to send you some pictures if I can. Please. Food porn is my favorite kind of porn. Go ahead. And so I go, we, we go there because I, I, I Google Francesinha near me and there's this place in Summit, New Jersey. Um, I don't remember what it's called, but it has Francesinha. I'm like, okay, cool. And like, this is like a $20 sandwich. And we talked oh, about it on here before that's, about that's uh, the pastrami sandwiches, like the deli sandwiches in New York being like 20 or $25. And like, that's like a whole thing. Like, this is not like a stupid amount of food, but we go there and I get that I order this thing and it's not a sandwich as much as just like steak in a bowl of amazing au jus with like sausage on top and then cheese and bread kind of on top and a fried egg on top surrounded by french fries it's like kind of open face sandwichy yeah yeah it's it's you with a knife and fork it's you don't like you don't pick it up and i was just like this is not at all what i expected but it was amazing it looks good what was the meats on it it's a steak which i was like however you want to cook it just cook it like i'm like she's like how do you want that cooked i was like this is not a question that i expected to have to answer so i was like whatever you would a chef recommends um so it looks like probably medium well or well done i don't know and then sausage and i think there was one other something else and i don't remember what it was but it was great it was this is giving me super poutine vibes with the fries and Oh yeah, yes. yeah. It's yeah, like yeah, a yeah. poutine. It's like a sandwich in a poutine kind of situation and a fried egg. Yeah, I could get down with this open face sandwich a little bit. I want to go back to Canada for more poutine. I had poutine a couple years ago when I went up there, and man, that's good. So yeah, Great so we had those. Fan, yeah. Went back to Tom's house where we hadn't been yet because he bought his house with his fiance last year. He was supposed to host the draft this year, ah. but uh, a couch didn't get there in time. But he's going to host it next year, I believe. Cool. Um, but we hung out there for the day, and then Bob and I came back here, recorded our podcast, and then went our separate ways. We're going to do episode two this Saturday, and then me and Mike, Mr. Mike Manzi, the Mike Star, are going to do an episode of Viva Pod Vegas tentatively on Sunday. Damn. So I might actually see two more people. I mean, one of the same person, but <laughs> I haven't seen Mike since before. I was thinking, I was trying to think back. I'm like, when was the last time I saw Mike in person? It was probably last February because he didn't come to the uh, high school slumber party foodie films live event. Remember? Oh, that's and we gave right. Him, we, gave yeah. him, we teased him about that. Yes, um, he missed that. Literally one. everyone else was there. Yep. Mike doesn't listen to this. Hi, Mike. But I was like, he wasn't there, so it must have been like before, like in February, when I think he and Chris Podcast and me recorded about a Cage movie. Oh, interesting. I don't know, but yeah, I think Mike's coming over on Sunday to do a Viva Pod Vegas, and so yeah, two in-person pods. Can you believe it? It's crazy. 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 I also forgot that as we were driving, we were listening to book on tape. We were listening to this book called The Whisper Man. Have you ever heard of it? Nope. Sounds like a Steven Seagal movie. (laughs) There's The Glimmer Man. It's just like a a novel that's a thriller. It was pretty good so far. So that's what we were up to. Is it by Alex North? Is it that one? Yes, yes, yes. By Alex North. In this dark, suspenseful thriller, Alex North weaves a multi-generational tale of a father and son caught in the crosshairs of an investigation to catch a serial killer preying on a small town. I mean, that's like pretty much a big spoiler of what I just got to in the book. Glad I didn't read that. <laughs> that's literally like the tagline. Like, that's just like the, the first thing you read on Goodreads. I know. It, well, like, you know, maybe you should stop reading taglines and, and stop watching trailers, too, you know? Wow. Sorry. I don't think you're going to read it. It's not like 
anything monumentous, but also I'm glad that I didn't hear that before I got to the part that I got in the books. I'd be like, who the fuck is... Wow, okay, so spoilers for The Whisper Man, retroactive, uh, don't read what it's about. I'm assuming the book gets way crazier than this, because we're only, like, halfway through, and, like, this was, like, the first big thing. I was like, oh, shit. Like, I thought the book was almost over. Rachel's like, no, we're, like, not even halfway through this. I was like, oh, okay, cool. There is the top question on Goodreads, which is the social media for... Yeah, books. books yeah the top question is does this contain supernatural elements so i won't tell you the answer yes or no but that is the top question asked on goodreads so get ready for or not okay <laughs> that's all i got that's just uh what people are asking people in the streets asking about the whisper man supernatural question mark maybe we have a patreon page too fast to forever.com shout out to cassie wilson jake freer ben millam and nick burris alex ellen and justin Kleiman, brian rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden Ronaldo, DiDonato, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. So Montez wrote into How to Win the Lottery, and she started, like, I read, like, a sentence of her email. Yes. Because we want it to be interactive. We want people to, you know, who read the books to write in, because it's not just us talking about the book. We want it to be, like, a book club and have people read along or whatever. Yeah. And she starts, and I, like, after one sentence, I'm like, okay, hold on. I got to tell you the story about why she's called Montez. And I told this whole story. I'm like, I'm like, I, I led it with, like, you're not going to give a shit. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense. I don't remember exactly why we started calling her Montez. Like, I know Gabriella Montez. I think she wrote, like, a sassy email. But I told this whole story <laughs> about, like, Montez. But, like, it's, it's three removed or something right like it's not zach attack it's not even you and me it's a different thing that she's still writing in and she signs the email montez so like even when it's not you and me she still calls herself and like john brooks calls her montez over and hard to believe too so like it's just it's fun it's very funny to me that this name has stuck based on really nothing other than just like our desire for it to be a thing uh, it's a great nickname though right like it's stupid and removed it's a, enough it's a good name and yeah i don't I, I wonder montez if you're out there if you're listening i know she's catching up but she she wrote in she wrote an email here so we'll catch up we'll get to that do people who don't have podcasts call you montez I that's what i'm wondering it. you need to change your twitter handle to just montez like not like at montez but just like you know the like the banner part you can just like i'm joe too you can be montez mm, yeah like you know so you, you can like, really what? push like, this i don't know if you if, if like if you want this to stick beyond us, you can really you know strong arms and people into using it. But I really like it. I think it's fun. If you support our Patreon, we now have seven bonus episodes, including Ricky O, the story of Ricky. We got another bonus episode coming up each month this lap. Uh, we've got uh, one, two, three, three, four scheduled plus one more TBD, and they're gonna be good movies. And we have a, a cool guest on at least two or three. No, ooh. At least three of them have guests. Look at that. So you wanna you wanna check it out, too fast, twofever.com. Also, we have a store too fast twofever.shop. It's on sale right now Ooh. as this comes out for patrons. And it's gonna be on sale everything, I think, in a couple days for people listening to this on the main feed. So if you want our <laughs> weird There's two merch, sales like a week apart. Yeah, like they send the email and like there was like three or four days at the beginning of the month that are like like a smaller sale, and then there's like two days and then four days at the end of the month that are bigger sales. I don't know. Remember I told you that I made that other shirt for the X-Files, like there's X-Files in-joke, and I made this shirt that, like, only we have bought? Yes, yes, yes. So my friend who is in the X-Files thread, it's not Bob, it's my friend, Real, he and his wife are having a baby, like, almost, like, as we speak right now. Like, she's due any minute now. I looked, and sure enough, Public offers a onesie of most of the stuff, and so I'm going to buy him a onesie of That's that so T-shirt. Cute. So, it, you know, because... He even took a picture of it. He's like, this is the only shirt I'm bringing to the hospital. It's just his his X-Files shirt. So I'm going to buy one. I'm like, Bob, you want to? He's like, yeah, I'm down. Like, that's cool. That's a good idea. So That's a really fun idea. Yeah. So then it can be like dad and baby get the same. Yeah, that's cute. So if you want a cha-cha-cha onesie, too fast to ever shop. 
Yeah, Give and the baby address. will have food all over the place. Like that's part of mm. the. It's it would be very appropriate for a baby to be wearing. Is there merch we could make about the baby about baby Brian? I don't know. Not yet, but I think that Dom, like, yeah, baby Brian and Oh, nine. I forgot. I forgot that now that Heather, I forgot that our merch idea of her drawing everybody as penguins. Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm going to text her while we record. Okay, go ahead. But we also have an email address, family at cageclub.me. If you don't want to support us on Patreon, email in family at cageclub.me. We'd love to hear from you. Always. Yep. Nick followed up with uh, the pictures. Remember, he emailed last yes, week about... And we didn't get the pictures. They didn't yes, come through. He followed yes. up and said, make I sure remember. these work. If not, I can send through Messenger. And they worked. So thank you, Nick. These look like trading cards. They're called oh. Top Trumps Play and Discover. Fast and Furious. What the Looks fuck almost is like MLB this? Showdown for like cards. Yeah. For cars. Yeah. What the fuck is this? We need to get some of these. This would be a black... Like, I'm assuming... Yeah, you're right. It looks just like MLB Showdown for cars. Film, style, attribute, top speed... I hope it's a game and not just, like, stats, right? No, it's a card game. It is a card it, game. I don't know. It's play and discover, so I guess it's learning about cars and also... Time I don't know how you do it. be fast. Racing, I guess? Seven bucks on Amazon. I bet it's even cheaper on, like, eBay or something. That's cool. That's really cool. I'm going to buy one of these because I want to check it out. We can play it at the barbecue. Ooh, yeah. Buckle up ex- educational card game. Entertaining educational card game. Okay. All right. I texted Heather. We will see what she says. But yes, this is cool, Nick. Thank you for following up. Uh, this is very cool. I would love to play this game. That sounds good. Oh, it looks it's, good. it's like, this is, what do you do? It looks like you just pick a stat and whoever has the highest stat wins. That's so it's like war. It's war. Yes. Yes. That's but like, you know, if you're holding an ace or something. I, yeah, you're right. Now that I think about it, it's probably like you put a card down, you pick the stat, and then... You trumpet top trumps. That would make sense, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Our next email from Montez. Subject line: Surprise. She says, "I fell behind again." Ugh, Montez. Montez. Working till ten every night for the last three weeks is frying my brain. Also, the new podcast update really fucked me because now it's showing I haven't listened to any episodes. Thanks, technology. I'm sorry, Montez. I'm sorry you're working so late. That sucks. She emails in again too, so we'll get back to her in a little second. In a second. Our next email is a request from you fulfilled by Jenny, subject line, olives, question mark. Olives, question mark? (laughs) That's it? That's the whole email? No, 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 no. That's the subject line. Hi, guys. As I was driving through a parking lot after having dinner, I heard Nick's email and Joe's request, so here I am sitting in the parking lot (laughs) writing the email. It's crazy, but some people just don't like olives. I love them. One of my favorite pizza toppings. I also want to chime in and say I've only ever eaten at or been near one Cracker Barrel restaurant. It was okay. Kind of different because of the country fried menu choices. The main thing I remember is the large, spendy gift shop. I don't even remember where it was. Probably in Montana on a road trip. All yeah, there is a big gift shop because people love their. I guess that's where Top Trumps Fast and Furious is. But I know they also have like the wicker rocking chairs on the front porch. You can also buy if you want to have like a wicker rocking chair, right? So yeah, that's cool. Jenny says I also have a podcast recommendation for Haley, the Purrcast with three R's. The tagline: The Purrcast. Talking to cat people because we can't talk to their cats. It's not overly exciting, but it's one I listen to at work and helps pass the time. And I totally relate to a lot of the guests. I also enjoy their Facebook page where my kind of people are. Well. Got to get back on the road for home. Did you notice my font changed the quote I pasted later, Jenny? I did notice, Jenny. It's like a kind of like a Wells thing with this <laughs> font changing. The Purrcast. I'm going to go follow. I bet that they have cute pictures. P-U-R-R-R-C-A-S-T. Found it. They have a cute logo, too. Okay, cool. I'll give them a like. Thank you, Jenny, for the recommendation to Haley, and I will steal it. So Heather says she's way behind 
in commissions and in, in stuff, and so she can't take anything new on. So I'm just gonna send to her. That's gonna get. That's a gift that's gonna drive her crazy. Dom Toretto. I got nothing but time. So nice. You know, perfect. Perfect. Pre-ups. You're right. Yeah. Well, there you go. Thank you, Jenny. Okay. So Joe, I got some. Uh, this is a this is a groundbreaking email. What is it? Subject line: Who is Wells Lamont? Who is Wells? Lamont? Previously on Too Fast Too Forever, Alex was at Home Depot. Sent us a picture of Wells Lamont gloves. Yes. He said, who is Wells Lamont? So here we go. Watching 8F, 8F right now, and I think I'm going to start repping the Cuban mile instead of the quarter mile. I'm also going Cuban for my Nas. The quarter mile will always be my first love, though. (laughs) Okay. Just full on laughing gas instead. Roman, I told you my engine seized up. Letty, it was your balls that seized up. I love that line. Because they need to invent a 600 DVD player so you can load up everything and it can be alphabetical order so it's simple to find what movie you want to watch. Well, I know that they did those for CD players. They also was, there was the Kaleidoscape. Do you remember the Kaleidoscape? No, what is this? The Kaleidoscape, from what I remember when it first came out, was like a closet-sized server that you would rip your Blu-rays or not even Blu-rays, probably just DVDs at the time. And so it wasn't just like you would have the movie, but you'd have the whole disc. And I don't know how they got around piracy, privacy, whatever. But you would have this gigantic server in your closet that would then, you know, connect over internet to your TV and you wouldn't have to put the disc in. You would just be like, okay, so like, let me just like scrolling through Netflix, but like all the discs you own. And I was like, this sounds amazing. It was like $8,000. I'm like, I'm never buying it. Um, I don't have that much money. And I also don't mind getting up and putting a disc in, but I would be down for a 600 disc DVD player. Well, like now you have all the streaming stuffs, right? Like I get that the, like the discs are fun and, and have like the bonus features and stuff. But for the most part, like Netflix or anything like that, like... What did you have? You have all the digital copies of a bunch of Blu-ray things, too. What's it called? Like, Silver or something? Well, they have, like, a lot of... They just come with the digital copies that there's, like... So there's Movies Anywhere, which I think used to be Disney Movies Anywhere, and, like, a bunch of different companies synced up. And so now, if you buy things on, like, Amazon or Google or maybe Apple or Vudu, like, a bunch of different places, you can watch them anywhere. So, like, everything I have that I have a digital copy for is just on Vudu. And so... Okay, that, yeah, yeah. I haven't sense. redeemed everything because, like, I don't open the thing until I watch it. But, like, as soon as I open it, I just redeem it on Voodoo and I can watch it anywhere. So, like, it's cool. Like, it's not every movie. The disc is always going to be better. Like, a Blu-ray is going to be better quality than streaming. But, like, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty cool. I like it. Here's the story. Okay. I've never used my full name on social media. I never knew what I was getting into downloading these apps. I literally downloaded Twitter because they'd show famous people's tweets during sporting events, and I thought that was pretty cool. So I'm in my buddy's truck, and it's time to choose a Twitter handle, and I open his glove compartment, and there's a pair of gloves. I pick them up, and they say Wells Lamont. It was perfect. It was almost my name, but not. So that's what I chose. I was Wells Lamont on Twitter from 2012 to 2018 before I got banned. I got banned for making a joke and ending it with, quote, or I'll kill you. Someone reported it as a threat and I was gone. I made the email wellslamont457 strictly for my Twitter, and that's the one I somehow use for your podcast. In 2016, I got a DM from the actual Wells Lamont Company's Twitter account asking if I'd give them my handle. I was Wells Lamont. They were Wells underscore Lamont. I had like 2,800 followers. They probably didn't want people thinking I was them. They offered me merch, but I said two Gs. They offered me 200. I said 1,500. They said no. However long later, they DM me again asking what it would take to get my handle. I said 500 right now, and it's yours. They said 250. I said sorry, bros. Then I got banned two years later, and now the handle is gone forever, and no one can use it. Every so often. One of my followers would ask me if I'm the glove guy, LOL. My first name is Wells, but my last name is not Lamont. I wish my name was Joe. How much better would that have been? I'm actually glad I never used my full name because people won't like a tweet and they'll find where you work and live and destroy you. I've seen people post a tweet and get fired three hours later. Shit gets wild on the bird. I love the bird. (laughs) That's so incredible. Better than I could have ever imagined. Wow. So I, 
I DM'd him on Twitter. I was like, so wait, what's your name? I'm like, I'm like, don't, I'm not, gonna, I'm never going to hire you. So I'm never going to fire you. Um, but what's your name? So he told me his name, which and I'll tell not, you off mic. We're not going to out him, right? Like, no, of course not. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. But that's hilarious. But I was like, that oh makes man, so I have a policy, sort of. That's a strong word, but like, I don't read these emails ahead of time. But when I got an email that said, "Who is Wells Lamont?" I was like, I got to read this one. I can't wait. I can't wait three or four days to to read this. I have to read this now. Okay. So like, I was out on my walk. It was like eleven o'clock at night on like Friday or something. I DM'd him immediately. I was like, what? What? That's what he told me. So that's really cool. That is that's a great story though. Yeah, that's fun. That's really fun. and it all happened because Alex saw a pair of Wells Lamont gloves in Home Depot or whatever Lowe's yeah. whatever. And it's actually from the gloves. That's really really funny. Yeah. Uh, Wells goes on to say, "Okay, bros, I've wasted enough of your time. I'll catch you on the pl- on. I'll catch you players on the other side soon enough. We'll have to discuss plans for 9F. 9F can't wait. P.S. Discord for lap nine sounds perfect. I'm stoked you already have a movie picked out. P.S. Again." Thanks for figuring out the large tech situation. Haha. Ha. Peace, Anis Bromantanez. <laughs> so, cool. Thanks, Wells. All right. Our next email from Justin Kleiman, 3Fast, three 3Vaxxed. Three oh, and poor, dude, Justin got me kind of disappointed for this weekend, actually. Why? As I was driving back on Friday, he sends me a message, and he's like, hey, I, are you in Pittsburgh? And I was like, oh, I'm driving there right now. And he's like... Well, Tokyo Drift is playing in, like, the theater that I always go to in Pittsburgh. And I was like, I'm not going to be home in time. I didn't even think about this. Oh, damn. I know. And I was like, thank you. That was awesome that you thought of it and thought to warn me. I totally misplayed this. So You fucked up the Pirates. You fucked up Tokyo Drift. I fucked up everything. The Penguins I lost. I know. I know. I know. All right. Justin says, what a night. I just got back from three fast with his friend and his Japanese wife. I asked her what this movie is like for someone from Japan. She said, quote, really funny, but why do they hire a bunch of non-Japanese to speak terrible Japanese? (laughs) Touche. Regarding who fucked up, Sean's mom or dad, I paid close attention. It's definitely dad. Hell yeah. He opens the door and says, I thought you were coming on the 7th. Sean says it is the 7th. Then in the next scene, he blames the mom for saying it was the 7th and not understanding the time change. Clearly, she did understand, though, because she told him the 7th and he arrived on the 7th. The dad just forgot what day it was and was trying to get out of it. Whew. Mm. Justin. Music to my ears. Lastly, when I was driving to the movie, Vonnie called me to say there was a vax opening. All of a sudden, she ran up to the pharmacy and got Hank a shot in his arm. Whole family is covered now. What a day for Fast next week. Congrats to Hank for getting his vaccine, too. That feels yeah. awesome. Because they just opened it up for, I think, um, 12 to 15. Yep. Yeah, 12 to 15. So he must have been like right on the... As soon as it happened. So good for him. That's awesome. And good for you. I'm, I'm sure that you enjoy the peace of mind. So Yeah, for sure. And he sent a picture of Han with his ladies at the club that I sent to you on Facebook. Yes, it's really cool. Very cool. I'm very, so jealous, very man. Cool. Tokyo Drift is like the fucking one I would want to see in a theater, too. Yeah. I just fucked it up. Thank you, Justin, for telling me anyways. I appreciate you. Montez emails again with the subject line, so dot, dot, dot. She says, I think I finally figured out my podcast issue, but I'm a few behind, but I got this. Okay. She says, I'm having another surgery next week, so I'll probably need something to keep my mind, keep me laughing during recovery. Well, good luck good thinking luck of you, Montez. Sending yeah. you lots of love. Lots of love. Lots and lots of love. Oh, and my dude does have a lawnmower, but it blows bubbles, so it's not really dangerous. We have a bubble lawn care service for anyone needing any bubble work done. Cool. I, yeah, please come I up. Can... Bubble my lawn. <laughs> yeah, please. I, dude, I've, I've pretty much, I've given up bubbling my lawn. I mean, I just have the guys come through, they bubble it for me, and pay them every two weeks, so. Yeah. But the real reason, Montez says for this email, is my cousin just asked if my local theater was open again. I clicked on their website for Friday and dot, 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 and a picture 
Fast Friday, Fast and Furious, 2D, 7 p.m. <laughs> 2D. I like that that's, that's the it's just, it's, that's just what it is. You guys are everywhere I look. Stay tuned for some incoming postcards. Love, Montez. Well, thank you, Montez. I'm looking thank forward to the postcards. I would Please love another postcard. Whenever, whenever you deem it fit, I will be joyous to receive it. I promise. Yeah. And our last two emails, both from Alex Allen, and let's see if he's going to break any other news, because last week he broke, the, he broke the case wide open about Wells Lamont, so here we go. Yeah. Finally listened to the Spy Racers Mexico episode with Nico and Kevo. There was some talk about LGBTQ representation, and I don't remember this getting mentioned in either of the two, either of the last two episodes, but late last year, Tyler Posey came out as bisexual, and he's the voice of Tony. Not the yes. same as representation in the show itself, but he's still employed, whereas 10 or 15 years ago, that might have gotten him blacklisted from a lot of things, especially a kid's show based on, quote, a macho man action franchise. Well, I don't know if we talked about it on air. But we definitely talked about it Tyler with Posey. them. But yeah, Nico has a big crush on Tyler Posey. So I think that he probably went down the Tyler Posey OnlyFans tangent, and you might have mm. cut it out. Yeah, there were certain things that like I cut out and then other things I left in. I cut out a whole thing about like it was harmless it was just about a TV show that Nico talked about for like 5 or 10 minutes but then I left in like the pedophile thing so like I don't know I don't know what I'm doing I just get caught up in the moment I don't get it I don't understand but we did we had a conversation with them at one point about Tyler Posey and yeah. and him seeing naked pictures of him by the way Spy Racers related we'll talk about it again maybe or get bringing it up from the news on the streets leaked news about a Spy Racers video game possibly coming out yeah. so I mean this is the franchise that nobody seems to talk about but will not die <laughs> It it honestly is doing really well based on what they keep making, right? Like it can't be doing awful if yeah. they, nobody's talking about it, but they keep generating new content. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know either. But uh, we'll have to play we'll the cover video it when game. it comes out. You know, we'll yeah. play it. I'll play it. Whatever, right? So Nico and Kevin said they want to like Twitch stream it, like oh, yeah. they, and play with you. So yeah, I'll watch for sure. I'm down to watch always. So yeah. And the last email from Alex, subject line: terrible news. And this is something we also knew about, which is also some sort of on the streets. He says, as I write this, what? it's 10:45 p.m. on May 18th, which is last night, Tuesday, the 18th. And I just found out Fast Nine releases in South Korea tomorrow, which is today. In fact, yeah. it releases international everywhere tomorrow, the 19th. What the fuck? Really regretting not buying those coronavirus special plane tickets to Seoul for $300. I found there's a joke about now. So I know. It's out there. Yeah. Uh, reviews are out there. Spoilers are out there. Videos are out there. There's a there's a girl who follows us. I think she she used to listen to she, cause Okay. She runs a really popular Michelle Rodriguez Instagram fan page. She listens to the episodes, especially in the Letty lap. And she messaged us on Twitter when I posted the thing like, hey, just be careful. And like even like not the official Fast and Furious, but there's like a Fast Saga or whatever. There's like some like sort of big fan account. And they tweeted it and I retweeted just like, hey, spoilers are out there. Like just be on the lookout because it's a month. It's a month from now until it's here. So like what? Why? What? Come on. It just sucks because people are going to be hype. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I don't even think that people are going to, like, intentionally be bags of dicks about it. No. You're just going to be hype and be like, oh, my God. And then when this happened in, like... And that's what the Kira was saying, the Michelle Rodriguez fan page girl, was that, like, clips were all over Instagram already. So, like, she scours Instagram for Michelle Rodriguez stuff and, like, will share it or repost it or whatever and, like... Oh, yeah, that poor girl. She probably has yeah. to, like... Because if you're searching, like, Michelle Rodriguez hashtags, she's probably seen yep. half the movie at this point, right? I like, know, so... It sucks. So, yes, no spoilers, please. So the TLDR here, 
And Alex, thank you for writing this in. Just be careful. If you find things out, We're not don't share it with it us. You. Don't share it with anybody. Just We're not going to spoil it for you. None of our stuff will be spoilers. We are going to. The schedule will have us the Tuesday after it comes out. So like three days later or whatever, we will put a spoiler episode. But it's labeled. And See it then. Yeah. yeah. And we're not going to spoil it in other episodes. We you, it will be doable to listen to the show if you want to keep listening. And you haven't if you ha- you can't get to the movies or whatever for or, or you want to wait for VOD like after thirty days or whatever, right? Like we'll yeah. make it doable so that you can s- still listen to most of the episodes. But Joe and I will uh, see it that Thursday night, record Friday or Saturday, and just put it out and like just get it out and talk about it, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. So anyway, thank you all for emailing in family at cageclub.me if you want to email in. Good mailbag today. Very good mailbag. Revelations. Updates. News. Glove. If the if the glove fits, you must have quits. OJ Simpson on Comedy Bang Bang this week. Oh, really? Wow. Not the real OJ Simpson. There's Carl Tart does OJ Simpson. He's been on a bunch. Oh. It's very funny. You take care now. <laughs> Joe, on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. So. We have a bunch. I mean, like, I have one that's very important for today. Brian's Supra is for sale. Wes, you know, tipped us in on this. The actual movie, original Toyota Supra, Supra that um, we also know is Slapjack Supra, but has been reconfigured to be Brian's from the first movie, is for sale at Barrett-Jackson. That's fucking awesome. There was something that I found that I bought. There was a new 4K release, like just like another box. It's just a repackaging. There's a steel book, but it also came with, at Best Buy, there's a Best Buy exclusive of the first movie, the 20th anniversary. There's a cool case and there's like postcards and booklets and stuff like that. So if you yep. want to spend, if you want to buy the movie like I did for like the sixth time, you now can. I'm staring at the VHS in front of me right now. I have the VHS. I have the DVD. I have the Blu-ray. I have the 4K. And now I have the 4K collectors. So. <laughs> that's so awesome. I love it. And that's what I watched today because I'm just like, I want to make sure. I want to make <laughs> sure that I, that it's the, it's the same. It's the same as the one that, you know, that came out like when they remastered like a year or two ago. Where I was like, whatever. <laughs> Cool. We also found out that there is, and who sent us this? Um, oh, Nico sent us this, that Michelle Rodriguez is hosting a Fast and Furious-inspired competition show called Getaway Driver for Discovery, which is going to be very cool. I'm very amped on that, because you know we loved, like, um, all these other, what was, like, the drift Hyperdrive. Hyperdrive. Yeah, that was a fun one. Did they ever come up with more Hyperdrive? Nope. Dude, I had so much fun. And the guys, the guy with the goofy name, what was it? Winner Champion or something. Hold on. I'm looking right now. Diego Higa won. He was fucking awesome. Fielding Shredder. Fielding Shredder. Yes. Yeah. That's such a badass name. I want to be that, dude. <laughs> if I could pick my name, that's what I would go with. Oh, right. I, th- I forgot that Charlize was the producer on this. Yeah, and she was in like a half of like a half a clip of one episode, remember? Oh, you're like doing donuts or whatever, right? No, she like went to South Africa, like met that little girl. And oh, then, like... right. Yes, 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 yes. Wiki's still in the present tense. It doesn't say it was a docuseries or documentarian non-scripted re- reality show. It says is. So maybe it'll come back. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it was pandemic stuff. I don't know either. It was cool, though. I want more of that. You know, I mean, it was I'll, fun. I'll, I'll, I'll trade uh, two seasons of Spy Racers for one season of Hyperdrive. <laughs> I think that that's a bad. That's not that's not the right ratio. It has no, to be I know. like three, four seasons of Spy Racers for one Hyperdrive. Oh, boy. Other news. NBC announced a Young Rock holiday special. So we're talking about a Christmas episode. The Christmas movie of Fast and Furious. We're not going to get that, but uh, Young Rock Holiday coming out this fall, this winter, whatever. So, so it's just going to be cool. like one holiday special episode and that's it? Yeah, it seems like NBC is doing three or four different shows. I think the Keenan show and that show and one other show are all doing like holiday sort of one-offs. So it's pretty cool. I get tons of advertisements for the Keenan show on Hulu. Have you watched Keenan episode one? No, I'm just here for The Rock, man. That's it. Yeah, I get it. Dewey only. Instead of OnlyFans, it's only Dewey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as long as it's just like... 
non-sexual pictures of the small, the smallest rock boy just like doing normal little boy things, I would be very, I would find that very enjoyable. Non-nude, nine dollars a month to Hulu, only Dewey. <laughs> Dewey only. <laughs> yeah. Any other news that you've seen? Uh, no, that was it. All right, let's do. The Fast and the Furious Minute for Too Fast, Too Furious, Minute 11. There's only one possible title for this minute. Yes. Brian Rodriguez's favorite quote from this movie. Bend over, boy. Bend over, boy. Damn, girl! In this minute, as the race continues, three guys break into the bridge control room, which we don't know what it is yet, but it's the bridge control room. Suki yes. boosts to catch up to the pack, then rams the back of Orange Julius's car. Brian passes Slapjack at the final turn and speeds by him to catch up. Slapjack hits the Nas. So, the first character we see use Nas, and I even went back to last minute to see if we missed it. We see Slapjack use Nas. Here at the end, he hits it too because Brian passes him. You know, Slapjack goes too wide, Brian goes the inside on the last turn, whatever, right? Yes. Is there any way in the world Suki's car does what Suki's car does to start this minute off where her where she doesn't use Nas? Like, she uses Nas, we just don't see her use Nas, right? One would assume. And I think that the, the, the telling factor in that is the, like, the blur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the blur is, like, director speak for saying, like, Nas was used. So you don't see her hit a Nas button, but we would assume that she uses Nas as her car speeds around, right? Because I went back, because it literally is in the first second or two of this minute that Suki bursts to catch up, right? And I went yeah. back to the last minute because I'm like, I, we would have remembered, we would have remembered if she had hit Nas, we hadn't seen the effects. But she didn't. She just boosts. And so, like, they make a big point of showing Slapjack hitting the N20, N20 thing on his steering wheel. He's got two of them. Yes, 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 yes. So we, we see him hit one, and we see him take off, but we don't see Suki do it, but she pretty clearly, I think, does it. So, yeah, I, I would think so. So what did you see here? What did you find in this minute? You said you got a lot of cool stuff. Something that I thought was much cooler until I just saw the Barrett-Jackson pictures, I finally got something in a car in Slapjack's Supra, which is Brian's Supra. I found the Gretty Turbo Boost Gauge, and I have a picture of it couldn't find, like, the model number of it, but I found the exact same one. Now actually just confirmed it with the Barrett-Jackson pictures. Orange Julius's plate number. I saw them pass a helm bank, which is there, but the signs have changed, so I couldn't find it. And most importantly, if you see where I am, and you click that South Miami Bridge link. Oh, yeah, look at that bridge, the, the tower bridge thing, the, the control room. Exactly. With a shirtless dude riding his bike. With a shirtless dude Not riding his bike that got caught on Google Maps. That's it. There's only one bridge tower. That's the tower from the clip. And you can walk across the bridge and see what part will open and see where they would jump 
two? There are two people, maybe armed, probably not, but like two people guarding standing sentry outside that bridge control room. Not in this picture. So they have moved since 2003 for some reason, but uh, no longer there in this picture. But they're they're guarding and they let these three hoodlums in. So I guess they're... No, no, no. It's the other way around. They break in and then you see them standing watch outside of it. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, it's not guarded. It's just locked. They break in and then they're like, hey, stand out front in case we need to bounce, right? Like, that's what's happening. And they use a, what do they use? Like, what's the thing called that they use to break the lock? It's not a tire iron. It's like a crowbar. Yeah, maybe. Let me like it's, a, it's like a thin, wide crowbar. They kind of like pop under the like bolt lock and just like rip it off. Yeah, I would consider that a crowbar. Okay. You know what I did notice here about what? this movie? This race is so much more frantic and frenetic than the first race in The Fast and the Furious, like the one that we watched for this episode. It's kind of calm and tranquil compared to this. Like, this is like neon in your face, people going fast yes. and everything. And our yes. first race in the first movie was just like, yeah, hey guys, we're racing. It was a lot more of like, what is the car doing? And this is so much more of like watching their faces as they race. Like, there's definitely, like, them, like, pedals and shifting and stuff, but we had so many more interior shots of the cars, Mm -hmm. as opposed to here, you just see, like, their hand shifting, and it's way more focused on just, like, their expressions and them looking in the mirror, seeing where everyone is, as opposed to, like, the other stuff, so. Plus, this this race starts, like, nine or ten minutes faster in the movie. Like, there's action in the first like the first action in this movie is the race but the first action in the first movie is the heist right and then the second action is the race yes it starts around like i think minute like i was looking because i was like oh this kind of feels late because i knew that like this starts like eight or nine right like minute eight or nine and too fast we're already going but in the first one i think it's like 16 or 17 or even 18 like it doesn't really get started till then but considering it's a movie about car racing essentially right like that's a fifth into the movie before we get our first race and here you know, we're like less than 10% in, right? And she's like, boom. Yeah, they, they have to set you up with like what the movie's going to be in the first one, though. So like, I don't, it makes sense that this one could come Oh, yeah, faster. it's not a bad thing. It's just, it's just interesting, I think, to point out. This one literally starts at the race, right? Like the first thing we see is like Tej getting ready to start this race. So they're throwing you right into the movie. Any other things that you have seen that you noticed that you want to call attention to in this minute? I think those were the cool things that I saw. I think I mentioned all of them and I have them all in the document. So that's, I think I'm good. Cool. So the question I have, we need to be careful of the wording here because I even changed it since I wrote it. But the new wording is which character do we first see use Nas in Too Fast, Too Furious? The answer is Slapjack. Because I think, we think, do you the first character who uses Nas is Suki. As- as as hit a Nas button, is that a more definitive answer? Which character do we first see hit the Nas? Do you want to say button? Yeah, I think hit the Nas can be construed to be like, you know, you could assume Suki did, because I assume Suki did, but who's the first character we see use a Nas button or hit a Nas button? Hit a Nas button in Too Fast, Too Furious. Now, I think it's worded that you can't argue against it, because this Slap is... Slap Jack. 100% true. Yep, Slap Jack it is. Joe, let's take a break and let us come back and talk about the Fast and the Furious with our very special guest. Fast two for 
This is episode number 182, The Fast and the Furious, Lap 9. This episode is brought to you by Jacobs Auto Sales Incorporated. They pride themselves on direct service and doing clear-cut, honest business, no games, no pressure, Jacobs Auto Sales. Well, shout out to them, and welcome back to Too Fast, Too Forever. So, Joe, the last two laps, we've had comic book people on the entire time. Two laps ago, we had Nico and Kevin on. Last lap, we had Heather Antos on, and we're like, new lap, new thing. Oh, wait, no, we're going back to the comic book well. (laughs) Tonight, to join us for The Fast and the Furious, we have a comic book guy. We've got a podcaster. We've got, hold on, I want to get his bio, because I like this so much. Hold on. Okay. All right. We've got writer, podcaster, thinker. Dad. I really want to get to the dad part because I want to make sure the dad part was here because I think it was a cool bio. <laughs> but we have with us tonight joining us to talk about the Fast and the Furious, Jay Sandlin. Hello, Jay. Who's your daddy? <laughs> I, I guess you. Is that is Dom? that Dom? is that where we're at? Dom? Well, if you're asking Vin Diesel, it's uh Dwayne Johnson. Ooh. 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 We've got some we've got some heat in the kitchen there already. I hope so. Thank you guys so much for having me. And yes, that those words do come off my website. Um, I need to update it a little bit these days with uh, what I've been doing. But like you said, it's jsandlin.com. You can find uh, where I'm releasing comics, books, and podcasts on a uh, pretty regular basis. That's awesome. That's well, very so cool. Awesome. Very glad to have you. You are officially kicking off our ninth lap, our ninth time through these movies. We are on the road to F9 here because F9 coming out in a month, finally, hopefully. It's out in Korea right now. It's doing gangbusters in Korea as we speak. Before we get going talking about this movie, we've got some questions to ask you, some some background questions, some either-or questions. Are you ready for some of the hardest-hitting journalism you're ever going to hear? <laughs> Let's go. How many of these movies, of these nine Fast and Furious movies, the eight plus Hobbs and Shaw, how many of these have you seen? Like three. All right. Okay. Which of those, which have you seen, I guess? And do you have rankings of them? I've, I've seen um, one, two, Tokyo Drift, and part three. Well, Tokyo Drift is three. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Okay, so you got the first three. Okay, cool. Do you have? Can you rank them? Can you put them in order, or do you all like them all about the same? You You mean from best to worst, favorite to least favorite, best to worst, yeah. however you want to rank them. Let the spirit guide you. When I say you know that I've seen those, I mean like in theaters and in there forever entirety. ago. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the rest of them, I w- I have seen in bits and pieces. So okay, I would say in ranked from worst to best, mm-hmm. too fast, too furious. Uh, really okay. sucks, even for the passionate lovers of the films. Then uh, Fast and the Furious, uh, The Fate of the Furious, Fast and Furious, Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw, Fast and Furious 6, The Fast and the Furious, The Fast and the Furious Original, uh, then Furious 7, which is actually really good. Uh, then Tokyo Drift actually was probably my number two. To watch Fast Five, uh, I think Fast Five is just kind of firing on all cylinders with the nitrous on, so... Those that's, are some pretty solid rankings. Well, thank like you, it. thank you. I'm just doing so my best. So you have this one. <laughs> if, if if I heard it right, this one is about. Is it fourth? You have the first one as fourth. I put the first one as uh, about number four. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Overall, I would say the uh, the bellwether, the temperature of the room across the board of all fans, like this is kind of like top three or four. It's like five, six, and this, and seven. One, five, six, and seven, all kind of like in that realm. Sort of not a lot of love for Too Fast. I mean, we love Too Fast, but Too Fast sort of gets uh, left behind sometimes, unfortunately. Ah, what you gonna do? So did you see this one in theaters? What was the first time you saw this first, this very first movie we were talking about tonight? Well, let's see. This was like an early 2000s. 2001, yep. 
Yeah, 2001. Okay, so I was in like 7th or 8th grade. Okay. I think I saw it at a friend's house. Okay. Like, you know, people getting together, watching it. Uh, it probably was a blockbuster rental, if I had to guess, yeah. Ooh, that magical blockbuster in the sky. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. So we're about the same age. Okay, so like, were you, a, were you did you grow up as a car guy, or did you watch this because it's an action movie, Like, or did you have friends who were car guys? Like, set the scene, Like, how, or is it just like, hey, it's a new movie that's in blockbuster, we're going to watch this tonight? Oh, well, being a new release was one, and it was just like what you said with the action element. And I liked Vin Diesel. I'm probably not getting the timelines right, but I liked Diesel from some other stuff that he did. He had been Riddick by that point, right? I believe so, yeah. He had, yeah. I think he had sort of broken in with like Multifacial, which was his short film, and then he was in Saving Private Ryan, and Steven Spielberg kind of championed him. And then, yeah, I don't think you get the leading role, essentially, of this movie without like having some kind of bona fides before, right? So I, I knew I was interested in, well, I was interested in Vin Diesel because sci-fi and hard sci-fi was something I was into from okay. an early age. But for this, I, I've always loved action movies, and the cars were kind of secondary. I was never really a car guy. A bit of a motorcycle guy, though. Mm. Oh, okay. So there's so, there's some motorcycles in this movie, so did you feel it, right and at that's home another the thing. end? I, see, that was what I was going to say. I didn't know that there would be motorcycles, but like setting up with the motorcycle thieving and uh, you know the mm-hmm. heist element and the mystery behind the riders... Uh, that was probably one of my favorite aspects of the film. Well, that's very cool. So I, we will get into all of your favorite parts, your least favorite parts, a little bit later. But we got some either-or questions. Just to kind of get a sense, because at the end of the episode, we're going to do a character quiz. We're going to find out which of these characters you are based on okay. you know, the things you like, who you are, sort of that stuff. But like mm-hmm. these are just either-or, no wrong answers, just what feels right in your heart. So right. are you ready for some of these questions? Lay it on me. Do you consider yourself more of a Brian O'Connor or Dominic Toretto? Dominic Toretto. Wow, okay. Well, he's a dad. He's the daddy dog. Are you more of a Mia Toretto or a Leticia Letty Ortiz? Letty Ortiz all day. Okay. There's a scene where Brian and Mia are doing dishes in the kitchen, and Vince <laughs> comes in drunk, and Vince is very antagonistic, and Mia's having none of it. And mm-hmm. Mia, Brian, you know, Brian wants to take Mia out on a date, and Mia asks Vince about this restaurant he wanted to take her to. And she gets the name from him, and she's like, Brian, cool, you can take me there. But in her description, she says about this place, cha-cha-cha. She says it's got the little red candles, the wooden tables, the food all over the place. So now, Jay, say Joe and I, you come out east, and we're like, Jay, thank you for being on the pod. Like, let's take you out to dinner. Uh, We know this great Cuban place. Um, It's got red candles. It's got wood tables. It's got food all over the place. When you hear us describe this restaurant as having food all over the place, what are you picturing in your head? Because we can't figure it out for the life of us. Health code violations. Ooh. Okay. And probably uh, probably vermin. That's yeah. What Needs the Orkin Man for sure. If there's food Orkin all over man. the Orkin Man. <laughs> <laughs> probably be another spinoff before long. So you definitely see it as a negative. Like, you don't see it as a positive, like, oh, there's food I can eat everywhere. It's just like, oh, no, this place, it, it has problems. Yeah, chaotic, messy, and uh, gross. Okay, for your adjectives there. I feel like Joe. Am I wrong? Like, I feel like most times people think it's more like neutral or positive. Like, yeah, 
negative i feel like maybe now that i hear it like this that it it might be a bad thing i don't know i mean some people have said like you know like it's kind of like grimy like food on the walls or like there was a food fight there but like this is like food all over the places like they don't clean up after themselves you know like the restaurant's grimy so now moving past this movie for a second and if you don't know the answer to any of these questions you can just pass we can go to the next one but going to too fast for a second are you more of a tej the ludicrous character or are you more of a roman the Tyrese character. I'm not cool enough to be either one, but I'll oh. I'll say ludicrous between the two because Tyrese is just uh, a badass, and I'm, I'm not that much of a badass. <laughs> I love very Tyrese. true. I, love I mean, Roman. not of you, but I mean, just like they're both super cool. I, yeah. I no, I'm not afraid to admit it. Not afraid to admit it. Not a badass. <laughs> I do feel like by you saying that, you're not a Roman. Because Roman would never doubt himself even for a second. True. True. Maybe. Do you have a preference? So you're in the Midwest, and I don't know if this is going to play into this at all. Do you have a preference between In-N-Out Burger and Whataburger? Uh, I've had both. Maybe, I don't know if you're in the Midwest. I know you're in Central Time Zone. I don't know where you are, but uh, it's, a, it's a point of contention. I'm an Alabama motherfucker. Oh, you're a Bama boy. Okay. You say okay. I'm from the Midwest. We're going to have to throw hands. You're almost in Whataburger territory. Almost. But uh, In-N-Out Burger is better than Whataburger. Uh, we have Thank Sonic, you. though. But uh, yeah, In-N-Out Burger is uh, a higher class of burger. It's better prepared, Ooh. better ingredients. It's a little uh, higher class of burger. It's not a chaotic burger. What is yeah. chaotic okay. burger? Chaotic burger is the shit that you get at Whataburger, which they scraped oh. off the floor and served to you after <laughs> after rubbing it with their dried cum stains from jacking off the pictures of your mom. How about that? Wow. Is this an adult is... show? I'm sorry. I will abide you kind of trashing the movies a little bit, but uh, Whataburger's a different he thing. He loves I mean, Whataburger. I'm a big in and out I don't love man. Whataburger, but I was in Austin for a couple of years, and I kind of fell in love with Whataburger, and I'm in, I'm unimpressed by In-N-Out, but, uh, you know, I love I'm it, not going to go to bat for, for so Whataburger. Much, so much better. I'm sorry. Are they sponsoring the show this week? Uh, no, we got Whataburger. Jacob something or other. Jacob's Auto Body or something, right? So Jacob's Auto it's more like what it, It's more like what the fuck, Burger. Jay, do you think that Brian O'Connor is a good cop or a bad cop? Is he good at his job or is he bad at his job? I, I think he's bad at his job. Yeah, we we debate this a lot because you're like he kind of catches the criminal, but he also lets them go. You gotta close the deal, man. Yeah, I think that's like the whole part of like being a cop. Yeah, it's what I told my fifth grade. My fifth grade teacher taught me. She said, you know, I, I told her I came close to solving the math problem. Like all my work was correct. It was just what I put in the answer blank that was wrong. And she looked at me and said. Well, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, Jay. And what did you say back to her? Well, uh, nothing, but then later I saw her in a La Hacienda getting drunk off her ass um, <laughs> on, a fr- on, a, on a Thursday afternoon. She fell off the stool, and I went and helped picked her up. She looked up at me and said, Jay? And I said, Mrs. Burke, you were close to the stool, but close only counts in horseshoes <laughs> and hand grenades, bitch! And then I kicked the stool out from under her. (laughs) Bam. Sounds like you won. And Mrs. Burke, I mean, Mrs. Burke also sounds like she won the story. She sounds like she was having a good time. Thursday night, man. Well, Brian O'Connor might have been having a good time, too, but he missed the stool. So there you go. Oh, ooh. Bad cop, in parentheses, missed the stool, which I I guarantee you that the next time I look at this sheet, I'm going to be like, I don't remember what this means. Yeah. But right now, I think it's a great thing to add. You got to solve the case, man, if you're going to be a good cop. We pull a job. We pull a heist. We each Mm -hmm. get $11 million. We're talking about Fast Five firing in all cylinders. We all all get $11 million. We go to Vegas. We go to Monte Carlo. We go to Rio. We go to Atlanta City, wherever you want to go. We go to the roulette table. Are you putting it all on red or are you putting it all on black? Where Where are you gambling your money? Always bet on black. Yep. 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 
overwhelmingly, this podcast has proven that everybody, even if they haven't seen Passenger 57, loves Passenger 57 because of Wesley Snipes. Yes. <laughs> Jay, when we pull that job, are you a racer or are you a designer? Are you out there in the field doing the thing or are you the man in the chair acting as support from HQ? Ooh, that is a tough one because I've never done a job like that. Not, not yet. I'll tell you what, I'm going to say that I'm out pulling it because okay. um, I, I my entire life and how I first learned to tell a story was in theater and on the stage. Okay. And I always wanted to be the guy acting the role than the guy directing the role or working on the tech crew or that kind of thing. So if I cast it, it like it's a play, I'm definitely an actor on stage and in the action. Okay, cool. That, that makes I a lot like of that. sense. I like that, yeah. Are you a fan, more of a fan, of American muscle cars or imports? Definitely the American muscle cars. I'm always a fan of Ford muscle cars. Um, cool. You know, the, the Mustangs, the classic Cobra. Foreign imports, though, the Italians are also hard to beat. So I want to be patriotic here, guys. Um, I want to be patriotic. Where is the... Uh, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, probably the Mocklin, the Mecklin from? McLaren. McLaren is what I'm trying to say. Thank you. I think They're it's a English. Ta- That's English? Close enough to American. You know, we're, we're, we have the same roots. <laughs> Cousins. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I would love, I, I mean, of course you would love to have a McLaren and, you know, an Italian car, an Italian job, but. Uh, Supercars, yeah. Something about the American muscle car, and I think the new, uh, just to, not to swap franchises on us, but the Batman. Uh, the next Batmobile is based yeah. on like an American muscle car. Oh, so, is it? Yeah, man. Yeah, take a look. Take a from look. the Batman from from the uh, the the R Pats one. Yes, yes, oh, the cool. Batman. It's a Plymouth Barracuda. Batmobile. A Plymouth Barracuda. Oh, that's really seventy cool. Plymouth Barracuda. It looks like a modified one with a Ford Triton V10 engine added on, according to Screen Rant. You know more about it than I do. Then I just thought it looked pretty fucking cool. But yeah, the American muscle car. Let's go with that. And also, they say it looks like a '60s, late '60s Camaro or even a Firebird, but it's definitely a 60s or 70s era muscle car. So yeah, you are for sure in that. We've already established that he's our Batman, so it it makes sense that it's a badass car too. Jay, this is going to be an interesting question, I think, because of the, and I'm saying this as a positive, and I'm Mm -hmm. hoping that I'm right, maybe, because of the accent you have. Is the word oil one syllable or two? Oil, one syllable. Ah, I backfired on me. All right. (laughs) Are you more a fan? We're almost done with these. We got a couple more, but are you more of a fan of Corona or Belgian ale? Uh, I guess between the two, I'll say Corona, but it feels weird to say I'm a fan of Corona after the last year. You can say anything else. There's also like door number three in all these questions that if you want to answer completely outside the box, you can too. But if you want to go Corona, you can, or if you want to go something else, you can too. What do you normally drink that's not... Yeah, what's your go-to, Bev? I'm kind of sober, actually, these days. Okay. I gave up alcohol about a year ago. That's not because awesome. I'm really opposed to drinking. And Well, I've never had a drinking problem in college. I guess I drank like anybody else. Uh, if I drink anything, it's probably red wine. Okay. Big fan. If yeah. I if I drink anything, but it's I uh since I, you know, we don't go to restaurants as much anymore, I just don't find myself drinking at all and I I may not pick it back up again. That sounds awesome. I I, I envy you for sure. I prefer my uh, CBD and marijuana shit. So I mean, <laughs> totally fair. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I'd rather spend money on that. <laughs> All right, Jay, we're out pulling a job. You're with us in the field now. And Joe and I say to you, we need to go in this other room and do something with a car. We're not sure yet, but we're going to figure it out when we get in there. We need you to distract everyone in this room. And we need you to do, we need you to shine bright like only Jay can. (laughs) We need you to sing a song karaoke style. What song are you singing? 
who? Way down Louisiana, down by New Orleans. Oh, yes. Way back up in the woods, up on the evergreens. <laughs> Stood a log cabin made of earth and wood. There lived a country boy named Johnny Good. You know he never learned to read or write so well, but he could play a guitar just like he's ringing a bell. Now go! Go, Johnny, go, go, go! Everybody! Go, Johnny, go, go, go! Hey, Chuck, and it's your I... cousin, Marvin. <laughs> Marvin Barry? Go, Johnny, go, go, go! <laughs> that was my go-to karaoke song in college when I did drink. <laughs> it's perfect. Well, you still got it. It's you great. still got it, yeah. It sounded great. I would try I to, well, you try to get everybody to sing along with you, and then you just let them drown you out is kind of my, my, <laughs> my, my goal it's there. It's a good methodology. That's probably what I would have to do. Okay, knowing that you're going to be safe either way, would you rather drive a car into a plane that's taking off or out of a plane that's already in the sky? 100% out of the plane, because there's yeah. just a style in that. That's like a James Bond move. It is like a James it Bond is, move. It is. Would you rather die... In a fiery no. explosion, or just no, no, I guess it's say no, that's also fine. No. Dire in a fiery explosion or by drowning in icy water? Ooh, man. Uh, they, they both suck. Um, yeah, they're not great. They're not great. That's a tough one. And what's my door number three? <laughs> Live forever? Immortality, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's just say the fiery explosion, because maybe it would be instant and painless. I don't know if people realize, but drowning in icy water is uh, a little... There's a reason that waterboarding is used for torture, so I think I'll go with the explosion. Yeah, we've heard mixed reports on the water. People are like, oh, it's painless, and people are like, no, it's brutally painful, so, you know, we don't know what what to believe. No, it'd be terrible. It'd be terrible. And it would be... I I think it would be longer. I mean, you can live a few minutes without air, but... That's true. This is Knowing that if we've already established the explosion is fatal, it's going to yep. be a quick death. Now, if you survive the explosion and have to crawl around burned and then live with skin grafts after, the icy water's looking a little better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very fair. Not, you're not wrong. In Furious 7, there is kind of a throwaway line. Roman talks about taking something down. And Brian says to Roman, the only thing I've seen you take down is no knees, Denise. If you hear of a woman or a man, anybody, just another person, as described as no knees blank, no knees Denise, what does having no knees mean to you? It means she doesn't give blowjobs. Okay. Okay. She can't get she down on her knees. Give can't give okay. blowjobs. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how that's going to help her sexually if she doesn't have knees. I mean, does that mean that her feet are just like attached to her ass? We don't know. We I, genuinely don't, I, I don't, don't know. That's what we're trying to find out. I don't know. Isn't that kind of like uh, on on King of the Hill, the grandfather Cotton Hill, like they had chopped off his legs and put them on his uh, elbows and his feet were on his knees <laughs> or something? <laughs> <laughs> on King of the Hill, wasn't that a thing? <laughs> I, I, we don't have any answers. It it might as well be that. I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, All right. It's just a weird. It's just a weird thing that they say in this movie, and I I still can't figure it out. And we've gotten like a ton of people trying to help, and like, yep, none of it really clears anything up. And it seems to all revolve around oral sex, but it goes both ways. It's either that she doesn't give low jobs or she gives too many. So I, yeah. we, we don't know. <laughs> yes, if that's you the... don't, I mean, if you don't have knees, how do you give a blow job? Come on, I don't know. I, I, don't know. I guess laying down, lying down. I don't know. I don't know. No context to this question. Answer however you want. Revenge of the Nerds or The Dark Knight? Dark Knight all day long because I I don't care for Revenge of the Nerds and making uh, rape a joke. Very well said. Yes. 
and The Dark Knight kicks ass. I was actually just rewatching it this weekend randomly because it's uh, great. I'll always love um, the Bat Pod. Yeah, I would love to if if I could own any fictional vehicle, it might be the Bat Pod. You want like a motorcycle that's inside a car? Oh, who wouldn't? I know it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Plus, like these movies, The Dark Knight is always on TV somewhere, so you can like always, always put on like TNT always. or whatever. And it's like, oh yeah, there we, here we go. Or yeah. streaming now, yeah. Are you more of a Hobbs or a Shaw? Are you more of a Dwayne the Rock Johnson or a Jason Statham? I mean, it's pretty obvious I'm more of a Jason Statham. I don't have the muscle mass or the. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I, I, I'm not a Dwayne Johnson, even though I did love Young Rock and uh, getting, yeah. getting to know him a bit more on that show. Uh, Jason Statham is kind of like more of an attainable goal for me. Like I, I try to take care of myself and exercise. I need to do more, but he is one of those that I see and I'm like, okay, goals. You know, he is uh, a good looking. Yeah, you're right. He's a good. He's a good looking every man in some mm-hmm. ways. He's an attainable form of masculinity and handsomeness and everything. The Rock is like just we huge. You need to be sculpted like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you liked Young Rock just because we we watched it through and talked about it. I here. loved it. I loved yeah. it. I thought it was great. I mean, you can you can diss it like you, you know, it has issues like any other sitcom, but I, I thought it was pretty solid. We really liked how wholesome it was, and we were just like, it's just, it was just great. Like, yeah. I enjoyed watching it. I loved watching the uh, acting uh, castings for the wrestlers. Um, yes. Was a oh, point. yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought they were all really well done. Especially the, the macho man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised by how often it did not fall into, like, sitcom tropes. Like, there were so many opportunities for it to go, like, a very kind of predictable route. And, like, it did sometimes, but, like, not often. And it was kind of like a smarter show than, like, it had to be, I think. And I expected, for sure. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. it. Yeah. And the final question before we kick off the conversation about this movie in particular, do you have a favorite character in the franchise? Is there one in any of these movies that you're like, that's my guy or my woman or whatever? Yeah. Well, you know, I did kind of diss him, but uh, definitely Paul Walker. Uh, Okay. It may even be for the nostalgia about it, but, um, Mm -hmm. you know, watching him as Brian O'Connor and get so tied into this case and you know, I, I probably should build this movie higher on my list, but um, I he is uh relatable and I, I I don't know there was just he had an it factor, and I'm really sorry that he's uh, no longer with us. Of course, yeah, I mean I like him. Now he's my answer. Like it's either him or Han, and Han I think is kind of the obvious. Like Han just cool, but like I like Brian because he's the entry point to the series, and like he's. And there's a lot of emotional weight to a lot of these things, but for so much of it, like we're just seeing things through him. And I think he carries the the franchise in a way. It's Vin Diesel's franchise now, but I feel like it's a different kind of thing. Like when, when Paul Walker was there with, with the Brian character, I think there was something like he just had it, right? So I think, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. As much as we're always like, you know, Vin Diesel has so much input in this, like for a while there, this was Brian's franchise, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was totally yeah. just him. Let's talk about this first movie. Talk about your favorite moments, your least favorite moments. The, the conversation, the, the the kickoff question that we're going to have every movie, because y- you might know, you might not know. I don't know if you've seen the trailers or not, but in F9, hitting theaters very soon, John Cena is there, and John Cena plays the mystery brother of Dominic Toretto named Jacob. And we were like, oh my God, Dom has a brother? So what we're going to try to figure out is every movie this lap. Not only does he have this mystery brother, 
but like Letty's the one who announces it. So she seems kind of like she knew about this brother right. too. So what we're going to try to figure out for each of these movies is that as this movie is going on, John Cena exists, Jacob exists in this world. What would you imagine, Jay, in the world of The Fast and the Furious, this 2001 film, where do you think John Cena is and what's he doing in this world? I think he is selling drugs. Um, oh, okay. Something like his character in um, uh, the Sisters movie with Amy Poehler and Tina oh, Fey. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Or he could be fucking Amy Schumer. Okay. <laughs> like in Trainwreck. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> Either way, he's showing his ass wherever he is. I like that. But can you see it? Uh it, you can see it. It's all there. Joe Joe, what about you? Where do you think where do you think John Cena is in this world? I like the low level criminal thing. They start out as low level criminals too, so I think like to match this energy. I was imagining John Cena at this point so early that he's like kind of nerdy and Ooh. just like kind of spying on them so not even really a criminal like he's just like nerdy and like kind of trying to get dom's acceptance but because he just like is so bland that like he doesn't even exist in the racing world right like like i imagine him as like a background character being like oh look at how cool my brother is also dom not even like seeing him when he's like at a race or something do we think he's dom's older brother or younger brother I don't know, and I need to look up their ages. Like, I think he's older just because he's bigger, and I know that's not how things work, but in my brain, he's like, oh, he's the big brother, but that might he not be true. He doesn't look like, I don't think he would play a little brother. I can't see John Cena it's playing a right? little brother. No. Okay, Vin is 67. Vin is not 67. No, I mean, born in 67. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that was just my short shorthand for it he's got very good very good skincare products <laughs> 77 so he's 10 years younger wow okay yeah especially since like dom is is probably significantly younger than vin diesel like he's probably like 10 years younger than vin so vin is 54 dom is probably like 45 ish so but Jake either way could we give like, him a 10 year difference right like just like yeah, we'll so he could be 35 that. like late 30s maybe early 40s possibly yeah so like at the time like vin's supposed to be like they're all supposed to be like well like 20s mid 20s in the first one and, and mia's 18 so like he's like 13 yeah that's what we'd be led to believe as of what we know now so we know that dom's dad the the papa toretto is dead we don't really know much about mama toretto do we no we've never heard her be brought up it does feel like if he's not in this first movie as a child there would have had to be a falling out or he's with other family or given up i'm gonna say like foster care I'm going to say that he is staying with Tony Toretto, cousin Tony Toretto from the Spy Racers. Mm. He's there and he's just living with them because Dom would love to have Jacob with him, but he's not financially successful enough, like legally so. And like, it's also not a great, because he knows he's criminal. He doesn't want a child just hanging around. Like, you know, I think in my head, it's going to be like, when you turn 18, you'll be able to join us or whatever. But for now, he's just hanging out with Tony Toretto getting into antics as a 13-year-old, whatever. That's my that's my answer. I think so he's, he's like just, a grandma's he's house or something. Like, I mean, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, Jay. Now that we got that <laughs> nonsense out of the way, great great answers works all around, me. I think. I think it's a great thing. <clears throat> yeah, works for me. Let's talk about this movie. What do you love about this? What do you not love about this? Favorite moments, least favorite moments. Kick it off. We've talked about it a bunch of times. What do you have to bring to the table? What's your favorite parts of mm-hmm. The Fast and the Furious? Uh, the opening scene with the deserted highway, I like right off the bat that the heist crew is driving modified black Honda Civic coupes. 
Mm-hmm. My first car that I ever bought myself was a black Honda Civic. I Ooh. think it was. I think it was subconscious because of this scene. I don't know if I. I, I, I know I wasn't thinking it at the time, but I think later I did. Let, let's take it kind of sequentially. Um, sure. Because I like how uh, Brian O'Connor. It's a small thing, but from a storytelling perspective. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if you're working on building a character, and this is usually before the script is written, you might write a series Bible. And the series Bible is basically an informational uh, guide that you Mm -hmm. can use when you're putting the script together. If you were to look in the Fast and the Furious series Bible, man, that would have been a thinner volume during this movie. <laughs> you, you might read that Brian O'Connor is a, an LAPD officer who orders the same meal at the same diner every day. Regular tuna mm-hmm. on white, no crust. I like that because it says that he is, he's like that regular tuna on white. You know, not remarkable. He's not that exciting. And he is definitely a vulnerable type hero, kind of in the in the same mold as John McClane in the first Die Hard. Okay, def- mm. def- de- definitely not the later Die Hards where he's a you know an Arnold level action star. He's a lot. He, he doesn't have his invincibility cheat code turned on. In that same scene, when Dominic makes his intro, he's kind of presented as like the exact opposite. You know, he's like this infamous street racer. Yes, and yeah. his. You know how his crew rolls in. You just think cool and dangerous. You know, you get to the illegal street race pretty quick. You know, he's secretly trying to find a lead on the heist crew. I don't know that he really did that good of a job as an undercover cop. Because oh, no, I he's feel, terrible. He's terrible. I feel like, yeah, it would have been pretty obvious from the beginning. Like, oh, well, who could it be? Hmm. <laughs> We, we always laugh at the line when they're at the cha-cha-cha, and he's like, so tell me about your brother's gang. And we're like, okay, you fucking cop. Like, yeah. like why would you why would you not use, like, your brother's friends? or Like, he specifically calls them a gang to Mia, and she's like, gang? Why did you say gang? Like, he's a cop she from laughs, the jump. It's like she, I think it's, like, so incredibly off-brand for, like, a normal dude or on-brand for a cop that she's like, she just laughs because, like, what else are you supposed to say? Like, what? No, like they, yeah. they're, they're like a family. They're a team, or whatever. It's just yeah. like not a ge- like. What are you? What are you doing? Exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. Exactly. And then uh, looking back at the show um, again, the movie, and looking into some of the facts behind it, I-, I like all they did to build some authenticity. Real life drivers had brought their cars to participate uh, during mm-hmm. yep. the during the race. Um, in the bigger scenes, you know, because Brian didn't have funds, because I guess the LAPD isn't going to really even fund their off their their agents. <laughs> Good job, guys. What if he what if he had lost? I guess the investigation's kind of over now. Oops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, he um, when he's forced to wager his car, which was um, gosh, what was it? A Mitsubishi Mitsubishi Eclipse. He has to wager it, and it reminded me of uh, of Greece at the Ooh. end when they're like, "We're racing for pinks." He's like, "Pinks, <laughs> pink slips, moron, ownership papers." <laughs> it made me think of. So I was I was waiting for Cha Cha to drop the flag. You know, I've never connected Greece to that, but that makes so much sense. That's and there's really also funny. the pink ladies in Greece too. There's yeah. a lot of pink stuff going on in Greece. There is. I never thought yeah, about it in the yeah. context of Fast and the Furious. That's a completely new thought. My brain's just running wild now. Also reminds me, um, all right, I don't know if you were a fan of uh, of Smallville, but there was a, 
uh, an underground street racing episode of Smallville mm, once. No, I don't know this. Yeah, it was like season three when Clark's Oh, I was probably still watching it. I think I tailed off at some point, but I think I saw it for a couple seasons, so I must have seen this, but I don't remember this. Please tell, Please go on. Well, I'm just saying the timing, because uh, Smallville, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Started, Smallville started 2000 or 2001, so by season three, this movie had been out for a while. So I, I feel like they were definitely trying to kind of cash in on the Fast and the Furious because uh, they were already talking about sequels at that point and, you know, a franchise with it. So, yeah, they made a Fast and Furious episode of Smallville. That's very kind of amazing. Yeah, because we always talk about like how what influences the franchise has on like other pop culture things. And that's one that like I totally never heard of. It's 100% an influence and it was so ham fisted and didn't fit the characters that, um, you know, a really common trope on Smallville was one of the main characters falling under mind control. So they could, so they could act crazy and then forget later that Clark used his powers. That episode when they did the teaser with the car race and then they revealed it was Clark's friend Pete doing the Fast and the Furious-style racing, I'm like, oh, Pete's being mind-controlled to race cars. Because nothing about his character suggested he would have done that (laughs) at any point. And then you find out, no, he's like an adrenaline junkie now, and he's really into this, when before, like, he he wasn't even, like, um, brave enough or, you know, ballsy enough to get on the football team. (laughs) He was kind of the... he was kind of the class nerd, and then he's, you know, doing these uh, dominant maneuvers. Um, <laughs> but it's also funny because Smallville is uh, in, like, farmland. You know, right. that's that was their whole thing. So they're out racing on these little dirt roads, and I'm like, this is like corn husking, the fast and the farmers. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because like what, what's interesting about like the first movie is trying to tap into something like an existing culture right because it's based on the Racer X magazine article and, like these are things that like this like a society and a culture in Southern California that they're like hey let's let's bring to the big screen so then it's it's interesting to see that like this took a small thing or maybe not a small thing but like a thing that was not widely known made it mainstream and then we we joke about like everything you watch now they they reference they overtly reference the fast and the furious to see it sort of like indirectly reference is like a different kind of wrinkle where it's like yeah without this movie they're not doing that probably because like they might know but like people like the smallville nation or whatever doesn't care about cars because like the fast and furious hadn't made it a national thing yet so i think it's a very interesting kind of uh fanning out like the the pepe sylvia of it all like where the where the strings connect yeah, that is really interesting. Well, I'm probably not going to top that now, but um, also... No, that's... I mean, you, you, you got, you got, <laughs> I'm sure you got gas in the tank or whatever metaphor we want to use. Well, you know, speaking of gas in the tank, uh, then I learned from this movie what a 10-second car was. Yes. I'm yeah. sure that's where most people learned it. I think so. And it becomes like a colloquialism then, again, with the influence on like everything else, you know, like you had kids that didn't have cars talking about quarter-mile times of cars, and you're like, what are you guys... What are you guys even? Your posers, about? yeah, your your posers <laughs> is what we would. You know, we would go to the lunch tables of people who saw the Fast and the Furious, and I remember one thing that talking about a lot was shifting because driving stick uh, is something that you know our generation didn't see our parents do as much. We're probably yeah. one of the first first to say that actually. When they talk about shifting and moving and people, when, when they would try to sound smart about cars, they'd be like, oh, well, the only way to really get speed is with, you know, manual gears. And then people be like, <laughs> nah, man, you got to get the shifter kit and then it'll go even faster. <laughs> it's like, you know, you, you don't, 
you, you drive you drive a fucking huffy bike to school. Come on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Jay, how how old are your kids, Jay? Or I don't know if you have more than one kid or not, but how old are your kids? Uh, one kid, and he he's seven. Does he has he shown any interest? Because I think he's he's too young. Like he's not of the age where like driving is a thing. But has he shown any interest in cars? Because I feel like it, cars like it 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 means even it reminds you because like you thinking about you know us not seeing our parents drive stick or manual. Like it's even it is even weirder that like he could just grow up and be like oh no I just never need to own a car I can just Uber anywhere or whatever right? Like has he shown any interest in cars or not really? He has had an extreme interest in cars since he was at least two years old. Since he could talk for as long as I could remember, he could walk through a parking lot, point to the grill of most cars, and identify the make. Oh, wow. Okay, so he was okay. in it. Was this an influence thing or just it just his own fascination? I really am not an influence in that. I may have said, like, this kind of car is this and this kind of car is that, but he's the one that really picked it up. He uh, still talks about cars. We were driving home uh, from karate class today. I drive an Infiniti. And we passed by a, um, it was a, a red Corvette. And he sees it and he just yells, it's a red Lamborghini. <laughs> and I'm like, close. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a Corvette actually, son, but that's good. They're both, you know, shiny red cars and they go yeah. fast. You're, that's pretty close. He said, well, they're both better than yours. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, no food for you, son. <laughs> He he loves cars, and I I think he would have answered that he's into the foreign imports because he loves looking up Lamborghinis uh, on the iPad. Um, he loves uh, he loves the Back to the Future car. We had to we built that one together actually. Um, Playmo- oh, nice. Playmobil has a pretty good kit for him. Nice, and not That's too awesome. expensive, and it lights up and all that. So yeah, he's very much into cars. I was never that into cars, honestly. I, I guess I like them as much as the next guy. But uh, one thing about at uh, the race wars, when Jesse, I like, I liked Jesse too. He, I, I kind of felt like I might have been the Jesse of the movie <laughs> if I had been in the movie. Jesse wagered his father's Volkswagen Jetta, yep. and uh, my first car, period, that I got when I was sixteen, was a Volkswagen Passat. Oh, nice. I kept wondering, you know, he had tried to soup up this Jetta about the same time that I had my Passat, and I'm like, man, could I have really souped up my car to go into the race wars? And then <laughs> when I saw how it went for Jesse, it uh, it didn't go so well. So I didn't know if that was like a, a smack against Volkswagen, because it's really like one of the times in the movie, you, you can correct me on this, but they really seem to mention the brand and the make, and then they yes. have it lose, and it's driven by like the worst driver or whatever that's interesting i wonder i wonder is it what a crack that... against volkswagen or germans or, i don't or know what? I, I don't know either yeah they don't reference a lot of cars besides the jetta i think they say supra once or twice no but like even that because like right. i you know i am not a, a car guy by any stretch of the imagination jay and we'll play a game a little bit later that uh, you'll see exactly how little i know about cars but I don't think they, re- I think that's a very astute point because like, I don't know that we've ever, because they don't reference anything. So I'm like, I don't know if it's like, a, I don't know if it's the Eclipse or the Supra or like, I, I know the American muscle stuff because like, that's easier, but like, I never really. And there's less of it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's, that's interesting. And I don't know why. I don't know why that is. Because like, they never yeah. say what car Letty has or what like Dom's RX-7. Like they never mention Dom's Mazda, right? Yeah, like, not by name. It was basically like if you're if you're a wrestling fan, the Volkswagen Jetta was treated like the Brooklyn Brawler of the race wars. 
and it got beat in the first. It was the jobber. It got beat yeah. so easily. You know, so easily. I don't know what's what's a more modern reference. Uh, a modern day jobber. Um, Dolph Ziggler, I guess. I don't know. Other and yeah, I then you know revealing the true identity to Mia was cool, and Dominic kind of being revealed in identity. You know, getting his identity revealed in the final heist. I, I, I guess that's about it. Those were kind of my. My big moments, um, other than the motorbikes, I already mentioned that though, the motorbike scene, poor Jesse gets killed and come on, right. dude, is a Volkswagen Jetta really worth dying for Jesse? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, e- and if to add insult to injury, not only do they murder the driver of the Volkswagen Jetta, they hit it while they're at it. Yeah. So I, what did the Volkswagen do to you? Show us on the doll where the Volkswagen Jetta hurt you. Yeah, I was thinking about that today, that, like, Johnny Tran beats Jesse in the race and then again in life. It just does feel like he's punching down. Because, like, you know, it's a, it's a message to, the, to Dom and the family, but it's just like, come on, guy. like Pick he, on somebody you know. your own size or something, right? Yeah. Like, like, yes, he's trying to get at Dom, but, like, taking it out on, like, the weakest guy like come on yeah. man yeah mm-hmm. so yeah then the movie having just the fact that the movie has a post-credit scene you know before that was so ubiquitous yeah. and it's like we did it before it was cool i wonder how many people even missed it the first time around like it's the one that i i'm like okay because we have the fast and furious six one that like reveals the choke the, the han whatever yeah. and there's like there's other things that are like and then hobbs and shaw is like four or five whatever but it's like this is the one that i have to like think about like wait is there and it's like well why like it doesn't need to be there it's just like hey dom got away right so i don't know but it's it's definitely interesting that it was ahead of the curve there to really kind of no great shakes kind of those are my thoughts on the first film take take them or leave them <laughs> i like it so like here, it. here's a question for you as a writer and a comic book guy and just a, a storyteller and such it's a very simple movie I think overall, especially compared to where we get now, where they're saving the world every movie at least once. You know, we've said a lot that it's essentially a kind of a a reboot or remake of Point Break. You know, like the Keanu-Swayze interaction relationship is Dom and Brian here. But in terms of the story structure and the narrative, do you think it works as a movie? Do you think it's too complicated? Is there stuff that could be done better just like narratively and the story they're telling of this undercover cop going in and, you know, kind of falling in love with the sister, kind of falling in love with the brother. Like, how do you think it works storytelling-wise and the story they're trying to tell here? I think where this movie works that the franchise loses later, um, you said it, it's more believable. Uh, it's more of an everyman approachable type story. It's kind of back to what I said. It's the same pattern that the Die Hard movies have fall uh, fallen into. Yeah, yeah. That, that same slippery slope where John McClane goes from being, you know, a cop with some skills who gets in over his head to action hero jumping over helicopters and shit. Whatever it is they're doing in the Fast and the Furious now. There, I You could tell me that the Fast and the Furious was going to have a crossover with Transformers now. And I would believe that. <laughs> you know, 100%. And it wouldn't be that bad, actually. Yeah, for this film, what it really does well, it doesn't have to be any crazy narrative. I think it works. I think it tells a, a coherent story with a beginning, a middle, and end. You know the characters' motivations. You know what they mm-hmm. want. I, you could maybe say it's predictable and unsurprising, but I, I think it tells the story that it's set out to do, and, uh, you know, it, it does it well. How many other movies kick off a franchise like this? Yeah, no, and I think that's a good point. Like, actually, there's there's two points to that. I think because this movie is so successful both financially and 
narratively, we, you know, I think they're able to have kind of the false starts, like two was kind of a false start, and Tokyo Drift is to a certain extent kind of a false start as well, and they finally reboot in four, but I think there's something to the idea and the world that they built, and, you know, going back to your series Bible thing, like, there's something here that is of interest and is compelling and is told and done well enough here that they're like, hey, we'll give this another shot, and then, you know, I don't think they realized it was going to become like a billion dollar a movie franchise before long, but like that's where we are. That's where we are. Now, I'm also wondering if there are franchises because I feel like sort of the nature of franchise. And we compare this a lot to like the MCU and stuff. And just you know, I'm watching TV. I have a TV on right now. The Yankee game on. And like nobody came on that Bob Odenkirk movie. And I'm thinking about John Wick. And like John Wick is maybe the best example of it. But like as franchises go on, part of the nature of them is they all have to get bigger and crazier and more yeah. over the top. And like. Yep. Are there any franchises that don't do that, that stay relatively grounded throughout? And I'm, I'm, no. I'm sort of coming up empty. <laughs> not really. Not ones, right? that no. go, not ones that go beyond three movies. Uh, another good example would maybe the X-Men. <laughs> yeah. The X-Men yeah. stays at a fairly level, you know, it's, it's, it's a different genre altogether. But you take the first X-Men movie and then you compare it to, say, like, Apocalypse and it's gone off the rails if you compare the two. I, I don't even think of the last X-Men movie that doesn't count, in my opinion. If you're like, hey, we're going to tell nine grounded stories in a row, people are like, Ew, I don't want that. Like, yeah. I, I want insanity, right? So, I don't yeah. know. You, you would have to really plan them all ahead. We know that wasn't the case with The Fast and the Furious. It was kind of no. like, okay, let's make a film. Oh, well, that worked out okay. Let's make another one. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> and so on and so forth. Actually, you know what, Joe? What? Maybe the right answer to this is Lone Wolf and Cub. Like, it gets a little crazier, but they're they're kind of... I mean, again, that's pulling from no, a source of other. Right. It's pulling from a manga, but, like, 4 is not wildly that much crazier than the first one. I was thinking along the same lines, and I think that book adaptations is a good place to compare, because I was thinking, like, you know, because we're doing Twilight Forever with Brian, I was thinking, mm-hmm. like, Twilight kind of stays at, like, the same wackiness level... Like, it starts at, like, a wacky point. Yeah, and I also think, like, to, to sort of to Jay's point, I think that's a good example, but, like, I think when you have the source material all laid out, like, if you have, if you know where the story yes. begins and ends, yes. Yes. you're able to keep it consistent. But if it's like, okay, like, what's the next movie going to be? Like, how are we going to save the world this time? It's like, well, I don't know. Got to get crazier, for sure. Yeah. Jay, is there stuff about this that you don't like? Is this, you know, like, I mean, is it just that five is bigger and more fun and ballsier and better action, stuff like that? Or like, what could this movie have done better to rank it higher in your list? Uh, probably so. I don't like to be negative because I think there's enough negativity in the world I right now. Fully. So just my constructive criticism is some of the talking and exposition gets a little dry and feels a little long. And I'm, I'm just speaking, that's just a general note. I mean, I'd, I'd have we could go scene by scene and maybe I could say when. I, I think that it could do with more action, less talk. And a rule that we have in comics, you know, the cardinal, you could say the, the number one rule in comics is show, don't tell. And there's a little too much telling for a movie about, you know, an illegal heist car, underground racing type movie. You could say maybe they overcorrected as it went later, but with this film, um, I would have maybe tightened up some of the edits a bit. Kind of say, we get it. You know, we get that the character is this way. You don't need to keep driving in 
Brian O'Connor's desperation and shoestring budget and how he's really got to solve the case and you've got 36 hours and we get it. <laughs> you don't have to keep telling us that, but you can do things to show us. I, I I guess that would be the main thing. What about you guys? I like that. That that makes a lot of sense. There is parts of this, you're right, for a movie about modifying cars, racing cars, there's a lot of monologues and stuff. And we get that throughout the franchise. I don't know if I've come around and think that maybe it's not as bad because, like, it breaks up how high they get later and just actioniness, right? Like it kind of gives you like a breather for a second. In the first one, yeah, I think you could tighten it up a little bit. You know, one thing that we've said on here before that I I still think is true every time we go through these, like watching these movies over and over again, we still really like all of them, but to a certain extent, like I don't know how many times you can see an action sequence and get something new from it. But like when there's a conversation, when there's a mm. bit of dialogue, when there's a con- like whatever going on like that, arguably, objectively, whatever probably shouldn't be in an action movie or could be done better. Like I'm more into that when we're watching this as like, ongoing narrative where i mean our brains are broken are they're definitely broken and we're watching these the wrong way but i think i don't mind it even though i agree with you i think that they could probably show more than tell and tighten things up and actually do more stuff as opposed to just talk about the stuff but like weirdly i'm just like yeah like let's find out like what's going on here let's just talk about their facial expressions and reactions and like how the other characters are playing off the dialogue Yeah. yeah yeah yep it helps us but also, I know that we're like very weird about this, and yeah. we're not like the, we're, we're not watching these <laughs> movies the way that they're meant audience. to be watched or I whatever. Agree. Yeah, there you go, Joe. Do you have any other thoughts about this? Anything you noticed this time around? No, man. We've watched through this so many times. The Grease thing is interesting. I need to watch through and think about Grease next time I'm watching this. Well, Grease is the word. I was just trying to figure out like where the fuck Jacob is and like how th- that like that's all I could think about when I knew we were gonna watch this movie. That's why like I wanted to talk about that in these movies because like Mm -hmm. now that we know that he has another brother that is presumably younger like where the fuck is this kid at that we just don't have any mention of him and how can they fix that it's gonna be interesting to see in nine for sure jd any other notes any other thoughts you want to play a couple games Let's play some games. All right. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to play the Too Fast, Too Forever character quiz. These are seven questions, six answers per question. Again, no wrong answers. And we're going to find out which of these 25 characters we have picked out. Joe and I have done all this math, this crazy like point allotting system. We're going to find out which Fast and Furious character you are. So again, no wrong answers. Going to read you a question. Tell me how the answer strikes you. And we'll go with that. Are you ready? I'm ready. Question number one. How fast are you? NASCAR? Roller coaster, Lamborghini Murcielago, Toyota Prius, Vespa, or Razor Scooter? Uh, Toyota Prius. All right. Question number two. You know it's coming. How furious are you? The Hulk, Kylo Ren, Christian Bale on that one movie said that one time, Mel Gibson, Charlie Brown, or Jack McBrayer? Probably Charlie Brown. Through two questions, we have a new character. It's a a possible... I don't want to jinx it, but I was was surprised to see this person's face. Question number three, Jay, we're having a barbecue. How are you helping? Are you manning the grill? Are you saying grace? Are you kicking back with a beer? Are you babysitting? Are you being the entertainment or are you sneaking a snack? I'll be the entertainment. Question number four, you've got time to kill. What are you doing? Are you grabbing a bite, working on your car, hanging with friends, drinking a beer, working out or working on your computer? I definitely would be on the computer. Okay. Yeah. Describe your wedding. I'm never getting married. It's just me and my partner. It's us and our families. It's a backyard country affair. Everyone I know is there. 
I don't remember. It was just me and my partner. Jay, congratulations. You just won the lottery. What are you buying? Your own garage, a private plane, you're gambling it all away, a child at home, a fleet of cars, or a new life? A new life. And the final question is, could decide it all, what is your drink of choice? Keeping in mind what we learned earlier, Belgian ale, Corona, something fruity, water, whatever's cheapest, or just whatever you're having. Get me one of those. <laughs> I'll say water from those. Okay. Jay, you are not a character from this movie. You're a character we've had before in this quiz. I think Heather just got, Heather Antos, what? our past guest, our last guest just got this. You are Ramsey. You are Natalie Emmanuel. Ooh, so let's nice. see if this, we have a description here as written by Wes Hampton, one of our listeners. Um, let's see if this sounds like, let's see if this sounds like who you are. You aren't what you seem like at first glance, and you often take people by surprise. Material things don't mean all that much to you because you live the best parts of your life in your own mind. Solving problems, learning new skills, inventing things, there's nothing you can't do if you set your mind to it that can also distract you sometimes from the world around you. Luckily. Your analytical mind also allows you to quickly and accurately size up people, letting you know who to avoid and who's worthy of sticking your neck out for. Family helps keep you safe, so you help keep your family safe, and you drive or hack like the, the wind, wind blows. blows. Wonderful. And yeah, that's actually uh, very true about the, the part with personal possessions. I like to have my stuff that I need, and there may be a thing or two here that I want, but generally speaking, you know, I'm at home and happy in my own mind. So I think that was uh, 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 the right choice. Cool. Good. Very cool. Good, good, good. I'm glad that we – our success rate on this is pretty high. I mean, they're all kind of astrological. Not like it bad. could kind of apply to everybody. Not but uh, So the next game we're going to play is called This Ain't No 10 Second Race, a.k.a. Boy, Do We Have a Podcast for You. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Come and check out our show. Yeah, yeah. So this is where we go on Twitter.com, a.k.a. The Bird app, and we find any tweet from anyone who might like this show. Um, so, Jay, I don't know if you have a tweet that you uh, that you found already. If you want to go on Twitter.com and find one now. We reviewed last time's last time we played on the Relap Recap, so there's nothing to review today. So just find a tweet, and we'll read it on air. Yeah, what's, what's a good search? Anything you like, a Fast and the Furious or... F9 or Brian O'Connor, whatever you want to search. Just somebody you don't know, theoretically. I'm trying to, like, dodge spoilers or what could be spoilers or whatever, right? So please read who it's from and then what the tweet is. I've sent them all to you now. Oh, actually, the third person is going to be on the show later this lap. Well, she had said I was going to channel my incandescent rage into a healthy art form, live tweeting my first viewing of 2009's Fast and Furious. This is Sarah Benicasa. Mm -hmm. who uh, mentions, uh, I, I just liked it for the incandescent rage about <laughs> it. So shout out to her for that. Perfect. And that she's going on a road trip soon and wants to listen to all the soundtracks, which I thought was a, a good idea, too. That's a yeah. really good idea, yeah. Let's go with the, let's respond to the first person, because I think this could be kind of cool. If you want to read for the one from Eric Davis. Eric Davis said, I watched F9 today, and it's exactly what you will hope it will be. The perfect summer blockbuster. Massive, memorable action sequences with lots of humor, heart, family drama, super magnets, and, all caps, they finally go to space. 
Longtime Fast fans will adore all the nods to previous films. That's a good non-spoiler, but like a little tidbit. Yeah, because we knew about the Magnus, we knew about space already. I wish I didn't, but we did. I'm curious about the space. Uh, I don't know much about it. I've kept myself pretty spoiler-free, so I don't know. But that's Eric Davis, who's uh, the managing editor of Fandango. I'm just saying we can't wait. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. And then if you want to read the other one from somebody I've heard of before. Yes, it is. Drumroll, please. It's just a blank picture for their icon. It's just like a blank picture. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no there's no person in there. There's nothing you can see. Yeah. You can't see him, but it's at John Cena mm-hmm. who says, There are so many ways to describe this 1968 mid-engine Dodge Charger, so I had to make up my own. Can't wait to show everyone some of my favorite castmates, all caps, the cars, featured in <laughs> hashtag F9. <laughs> at the Fast Saga is back June 25th. And then he's got uh, a video playing of a, a trailer. I, I like what he said about the stars being the cars. Yeah, they might, yeah. Have to, they might have a little bit of a pivot there, right? Because we were, it is an interesting pitch just because we, we had gotten so much into like, drifting and drifting away from car movies so for him to be like trying to sell it like this i'm curious about f9 even more yeah those are great picks though jay i thank you so we have a scoring system if you get points we'll we'll tweet at you we'll let you know so like theoretically if john cena sees this tweet (laughs) and retweets it it'll get like hundreds if not more you know what i mean like instantly win yeah so like you would you would just be so far ahead of all of us because like i will also say this game is very difficult for no so reason hard. very difficult so hard fingers crossed all right joe who do you got i got natasha alterici yeah alterici mm-hmm. just based on something we were talking about today she says okay now we're watching fast and furious which i think is a natural follow-up to greece they're almost the same movie uh, natasha we just had we just came to the same realization perfect boy do we have a podcast yeah jay just opened my mind to it and i can't believe that there's actually a lot of other people on twitter that talk about how much greece and fast and the furious are so i'm not surprised because we're kind of dumb yeah we miss a lot of shit like this we we definitely miss a lot of those connections yeah i'm going with blair mitch like blair Witch, but blair mitch at mitch oliver 14 i was deciding between citizen kane or the fast and furious until i realized i don't deserve either of them for somehow landing on that debate in the first place He seems like our speed. I like that. I'm going to say, you know where we fall. Yeah. Perfect. Boy, do we have, have a podcast. podcast for you. I'm also, for the first time this lap, hashtagging it F9 and the road to F9. Oh, so. good moves. I like that. Get some nice more touch. out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Jay, we've got one more game to play, and this is a game called Dude, What's My Car? Dude, what? My car. What? Your car, dude. The goal behind this, as I mentioned earlier, is I don't know anything about cars. This game is me trying to describe cars that our listeners send in to Joe. Based on my limited knowledge, he tries to guess them. So the question for you, would you like to help Joe guess what the car is, or do you want to help me give clues on what the car is? I will give clues. All right, so I'm going to forward you an email. So this is a a car picture from Jerry Robinson. This is sent back in January. We're still catching up on this backlog of this. And the subject line is car pick number three. Okay. While Jay waits, I will tell you that it is black. The car is black. Always helpful. Thank you. Um, And it's from 1996. Okay. And it is British as well. Ooh. Not as well, but also like that's another fact about it. Yeah. 
we're just trying to get him to guess it based on good or bad clues. Like the idea is to get him to guess it, but also it's funny just to, you know, lead him on roundabout whatever. <laughs> the grill has a number seven and the license plate is, is the nice, uh, no, well, actually the seven is a clue. The seven is a clue. Mm-hmm. Okay. If, uh, if you're trying to choose between feline or swine. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This kind of looks like a Batmobile you would find in, like, the Adam West Batman. Okay. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's got a very, very long front grill, and I got Batmobiles on the brain. If Booster Gold tried to uh, put his logo on the Batmobile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. May- or maybe even Robin. <laughs> um, trying to think of another superhero with a yellow stripe. Oh, sorry. That, yeah. Well, you could say yellow stripe. I mean, the yellow stripe does not help, but there's a yellow, no. there's a yellow stripe down the middle. Okay. <laughs> nice. Uh, there's a... Con- it's a convertible kind of or like at least you can take the roof off the roof looks like it's like leather soft just kind of like a flap yeah soft top top. yeah Mm -hmm. did you did you watch uh did you watch the boys no i don't know what that is it's a superhero show on amazon oh yeah everybody was talking about this that's right yeah jay did you watch invincible yeah it's i well i've i've read all 150 issues of invincible and then i loved the show too i haven't read the comic yet i've read every walking dead uh but kirkman I, i the show is great somebody also just telling me about that this week too Saying it was I'm very awesome. excited I got it renewed for seasons two and three. There is an exhaust on the side of this car under the driver's door. Unless okay. I guess I guess it's probably the passenger door because this is a British car. Okay. Is it a Jaguar? No, it is a brand I've never heard of before. Have you heard of this brand before, Jay? No. Feline and swine. So cats and pigs? What are mm-hmm. cats and pigs got to do with it? Your it, Jay's <laughs> clue was wildly helpful. Really? Like, incredibly so. I said cat or swine. Mm-hmm. Or feline or swine. Yeah. Feline or swine, yep. It was, it's based on a lotus, I will tell you that. It's based, okay. That's weird, because lotuses are based on other things. Yeah, so the lotus was sold from, like, 57 to 72, and this car, you know, came out in the 90s, but it's Is it based a lease? on... A, f- a f- lotus Elise? It's based on an Elise. No, it's not a lotus, though. Okay. Um, After lotus and the production of this car, this company has something to do with feline or swine bought the rights to the design today make both kits and fully assembled cars was the lotus was it like an exegy or something nope um i don't know what is it feline or swine power adjective number the cat mm-hmm the cat mm-hmm. um feline or swine like i can't understate enough how helpful jay's clue was cat or pig Mm, and cat pig, or, what what do pigs give us? Cat or hog? <laughs> bacon, cat or bacon? That, that's it, it's well, yeah, you're close. The cat or bacon? The cat or bacon? <laughs> close, close. Cat or you cat make? Or, you're so close. You make it with a cheese sandwich. Cat or ham? Yeah. Okay. Power adjective. Speed. Cat or ham? Speed seven. You got. The first and the I, last I think right. we should give it to him. I think, I You're think so close. It, I, the I middle word, <laughs> the middle word is also five letters and starts with S, but it's a power adjective. Batman v speed. blank. Speed. Nope. I, I already said speed is wrong. What? Ba- Batman v Superman. Super. Oh, yeah. uh, Super Seven. Yeah. Okay. Catterham Super Seven. Can I see yes. this thing? I sh- you sure can. Let me download this and send this to you. You guys did good. Those were good clues. That was 
really hard, but yes. When he said feline or swine, I saw the ham, and I was like, okay, cool. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's the whole thing. Like, it was... <laughs> it's so good. Okay, good. It was such a good clue that I was caught off guard by it. I never nice. would have I never would have guessed that in a million years, so I'm glad I'm giving clues instead. Oh, this thing is really cool. So they build them on top of lotuses. Yeah, so like it's from the I 90s, the but it, it yeah. looks like an old-ass Batmobile, kind of, it right? It does. It definitely does, yeah. Thank you, Jerry, for sending that in. That was that's a really cool. cool car. Yeah, I've never car heard pick of this number three. Well, Jay, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We are glad to have kicked off the road to F9 with you, because this is a very exciting time for Fast and Furious fans, so thank you so much for joining us. I wish we could all go see the movie together in a theater, but you know what? Maybe we'll meet up at a comic con one day and hang out and uh, have any beer we want, as long as it's a Corona. <laughs> you Amen. know it. So, Jay, you already mentioned at the top of the show, uh, jsandlin.com. What else would you like to plug? Where can our listeners find more about you? Where do you want them to follow you? What do you want to sell to them? Anything you want to plug, please go ahead. Find all my stuff at jsandlin.com. Uh, follow me on social media at jsandlin underscore Twitter and Instagram and uh, get ready for June the 9th, my next comic uh, graphic novel with Xenoscope will mm. be uh, Neverland Annual Dark Alliance. Ooh. Not many cars in Neverland, I'm afraid. <laughs> they, but they do ride around on giant crocodiles. So oh. I've always said that crocodiles are the car of the swamp. <laughs> So it's it's gonna be uh, Nathan Cross is going uh, our Xenoscope's hook is going back to Neverland to uh, try to find a miracle cure for his uh, mentor Doc. Uh, it's been ten years now that Xenoscope's had their Neverland um, universe as part of their uh, you know shared universe. Um, if you're not as familiar with Xenoscope yet. Uh, Xenoscope is actually the largest female-driven shared universe uh, in comics. Uh, Neverland is one of their few titles with a male protagonist with uh, Nathan Cross, who is their Hook. Uh, They've kind of got it like it's a mirror universe. Hook is the good guy, and Pan is the evil bastard. Check it out on June 9th, uh, Neverland Dark Alliance. It is 64 pages of comics from three artists... Uh, for only eight ninety nine, ask your local comic shop. Uh, then the month after that, I've got in July, uh, Gen Hunter, which is my first series to write with uh, Black Box Comics, anime inspired uh, high fantasy, uh, featuring Zara, the Gen Hunter, and her quest to restore the realms with her Phoenix partner Benu, maybe trying to reconcile with her uh, girlfriend Samira, the Sorceress. We'll see how see how that goes. Things are gonna heat up with Jen Hunter in July. Very very cool. That's As the awesome. weather gets hotter, so does Jen Hunter. Ooh, I, like I hope that. so. Right, let's hope so. Yeah. Well, very very cool. Thank you so much once again for joining us, Joe. Next week we're doing a pit stop. We are kicking off the modern car movies lap with patron Nick Burris's pick. We are doing 2014's Need for Speed Ooh. with Aaron Paul. And I was listening. Yeah. I was looking at the cast last night, and this cast is stacked. I don't remember them because I've only seen this movie once. I saw that in theaters when it came out, so seven yeah. years ago, whatever. But there are a lot of people in this movie. I'm like, oh, I really like them. And not everybody I knew back then. So it's going to be interesting to revisit this next week. Need for Speed. I don't think it's streaming for free anywhere. Oh, wait. If, if you have a TNT or TBS login, uh, you can watch it on those apps, I believe. Interesting. 
very yes. strange. Okay. But it's not like on Netflix or Amazon or anywhere. But if you have, if you, basically, if you pay for cable, you yeah. can watch this for free, I think, without ads online. So Thank you, parents. Need for Speed coming out next week. Any other final thoughts, or are we good to wrap it up? That was awesome. Thanks for joining, Jay. Happy to be here. For all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash forever or at forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at forever.com and our store at forever.shop. Come back next week for Nick Burris' pick of Need for Speed. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And that was Jay Sandlin, and we'll tell you all about it. We'll see you.